Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. So we're all back to normal. I say back to normal. I mean, it's cold outside. Darren's back from Iceland. Iceland. I bet it was cold over there, wasn't it? Was it cold? Probably about the same as here. Zero. All right. That's okay. I can cope with zero. Yeah. Swimming weather. Is it? What, zero? No, thank you. I did that once in Austria. I went with a friend of mine and we went for a sauna and everything else. And then in the sauna, people then go and jump in a cold plunge pool. I don't think so. I don't think so. Unless it's heated to room temperature, I'm not getting in it. You had to get new trunks. No, really? They they ripped in the shower. What sort of showers have they got over there? Oh, goodness gracious me, honestly. One can only, one can only imagine what, what Darren looked like in the shower with his trunks ripped, ladies and gentlemen. What a shock for the Icelandic nation as a whole. Uh, anyway, talking of a shock, poor old Aunt McPartland. The divorce through. Is she going to come back and retaliate? All the indication is, yes, she is. Good news is that um, the Priory are forbidden Katie Price to film there. Quite rightly, too. There are people who are in there for genuine reasons, not people who are just using it as some feeble, cheap excuse to turn out another piece of tat programme. Top Gear's got three new presenters. No women. No women at all. Just men. Perhaps they don't think women can do things like that, which, of course, is quite ludicrous. Uh, Time called on alarm, alarm clocks. You're not buying alarm clocks. I do. I do. I'm buying alarm clocks. Not all the time, obviously. If I'm buying an alarm clock, it's going to be a cheap little pound thing from Poundland because, you know, by the time you've thrown them across the room a few times. Uh, also, Christmas dinner, more expensive this year because they reckon sprouts are going to be up in price. Actually, yesterday I didn't... Uh, I was going to eat my sprouts, if you remember, having got the taste for them the day before, mini sprouts. And, uh, and then my friend Paul phoned and said, oh, should we go out for lunch? He said, I need to get a pumpkin. I need to get... And he had to get two pumpkins, one for him... And one for his uh, for his better half. So uh, off we go to try and get a pumpkin. Well, for, first of all, we sort of go off for lunch, and uh, we have a nice lunch, very nice mashed potato and and broccoli and stuff like that, and a, a chicken and leek pie. It was quite delicious. So we had that. This particular garden centre where we have lunch because they're so much better than they used to be. Seriously, they really are. And this one's very good. And uh, then we went to look for pumpkins. In the end, I said, listen, why don't we just ask somebody? There's no point in wandering around looking like divots going, where are the pumpkins? And so um, we said, sorry, do you have any, any pumpkins? No, said the woman. No, we don't, we don't have any pumpkins. And I thought, I thought they'd all have loads of pumpkins. That's what kids do. They cut pumpkins up. So I said, well, that's all right, because on the way back, we'll go to Adrian Hall which is another garden centre, which is quite cool. We have loads round our way. Loads. Melon. Melon, dear. They look, melon, look at his. He's happier than if it was Christmas morning and he was opening up a present and it turned out to be a long-lost ex-affair from ages ago who'd been wrapped up. So we thought we'd get you melon today. We'd get you watermelon. That's quite all right. It's good for you. You could take it home if you want. You Take it home? He's taking it home. It's so exciting, isn't it? Sitting up in bed, Harry eating his watermelon. One can only imagine. It drips all over the place, watermelon. It really is. But there again, you know, useful, I suppose, for some people. So we thought we'd get it. Because the other day we had some stuff and he won't eat things because he's, um, he's, I can't remember what he is now. He's, he's not vegetarian. He's, he's the vegan, I think. Is it vegan? No, you're not. You're... You're vegetarian, that's right. So we had all these sandwiches. He couldn't eat any of the sandwiches. And he couldn't do anything like that. He couldn't eat that. And in the end, we actually struck on watermelon. And we discovered that watermelon was the key to Harry's heart. Because all of a sudden, his eyes lit up and he went, watermelon? It's like he's never seen watermelon before. And so I thought this morning, because we've given one to the producer, because he's eaten all the sandwiches. And um, 
And so Harry gets the watermelon. Which is cool, isn't it? I think that's OK. I mean, you could have... We do have a, a cheese sandwich. But it's not just a cheese sandwich. It's Wensleydale with orange chutney. Does that sound cool? You can have that. You can have... What's that? Look, look, look. Better come and collect it. Stop feeding the 5,000. At least the Lord just sorted out with sort of fishes and everything else. So this is Wensley, Wensleydale and carrot chutney. There you go. Can you open the door? Wensleydale and carrot chutney. Is that is that passable? Perfect. Is that perfect? Do you do strawberries? Yeah, he does strawberries. You like him. He doesn't eat either. Sorry, we have to sort this out. There you go. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Two, two pounds. <laughs> I'll try and get something back for it, mightn't you? It is. It's like a tuck shop in here. Who can eat this? Who can eat that? And he can't eat loads of things. But you're a bit more easygoing. You're not really, actually. You're a pain in the rear end as well. <laughs> so you have to feed them, because if you feed them, they work. And that's how it, that's how it, it happens in the business. You've got to feed them. Somebody said to me, do you buy them a sandwich every day? I thought, well, actually, most days the producer gets a sandwich, because they have to suffer. They've, al- they've already sort of worked, and then they have to sort of carry on working until the sunlight comes up. But we got our bus back yesterday, because uh, Scottish boy gets the same bus as well as normal yeah, woo, woo, woo. Although we did exactly the same yesterday. We left here yesterday and then we walked out. And just as we get nearly to the end of this little alleyway here into the triangle, the blooming bus goes past. The blooming bus goes past. So we had to wait another three minutes. And in front of us, obliterating our view, but he, he, he's got a secret way of finding out how he sees the bus. He looks in a mirror across. Is that all right? Is that OK? Oh, OK. Have you not eaten tonight or what? Is it amazing? They're good, aren't they? I didn't. I didn't think I'd like Wensleydale and and carrot chutney or whatever it is. It's it's quite delicious. It's lovely, isn't it? I thought so. I knew you'd like it. It's it's a, what they call an easy. So I'm not sure if vegetarians can eat cheese. Who who can't eat dairy? Is that vegans can't eat dairy? I get confused with what people can eat and what people can't eat. And whereas my normal producer, Chris, can just about eat anything, and I mean anything, you know, frankly, I mean, if we didn't have the studio bolted down, this would have vanished ages ago. Um, Seriously, he just has got a healthy appetite. But unfortunately for him, new stand-in producers got an even bigger appetite. I've never known anybody who can eat the amount that he eats. Seriously, we, we'd only started... Well, we hadn't even started the programme this morning. Well, I'll come back to the uh, to the pumpkins in a minute. And um, and he'd already downed two sandwiches. He'd done smoked salmon and... Can you eat smoked salmon and cream cheese? Can you... No, you can't. Oh, it's salmon. Oh, right. Oh, you're pescator. Oh, right. See how confusing this is. You know, you think it's easy being being a radio presenter. Seriously, I need to write down on a list what they can eat, what they can't eat, who's allergic to this, who's allergic to that. So you can't eat smoked salmon. So actually the two sandwiches he had this morning would be totally useless. One was smoked salmon and cream cheese, and the other was prawn, prawn what's it? Prawn mayonnaise, I think, something like that. So you're, you're going to be slightly... Although actually yesterday he had falafel and spinach. So you could probably eat falafel... You get quite excited about sandwiches, don't you? It's like, what do you eat at home? <laughs> I'm always worried. You sort of sit there going, if only I could eat meat. If only I could have chips. If you eat chips, you can have chips, can't you? Yeah. Yes, chips are the best. OK. And could you eat rice? You can eat... Oh, right, rice is OK. No, but I'm just wondering. I'm sort of thinking rice with, um, say... Uh, what are they, what's the one I had? It's from Uncle Ben's. And you literally just put it into a frying pan, a little bit of water, and then it, it sort of absorbs the water, and then it's all ready to eat. They do lots of, they do about six different types of Uncle Ben instant rice. Here, you can cook it in its bag in 40 seconds in the microwave. 
Seriously. I had it the other day and I had a couple of little sausages because I'm, I'm not vegetarian. And, and that was quite exciting. But anyway, so yesterday, so Paul and I, so we go to the first garden centre and they don't have any pumpkins. And he's looking for a fairly sort of large pumpkin. And well, he's looking for two. And we didn't uh, we didn't find them. Uh, didn't find them at all. So we go to the next garden centre, Adrian Hall. So we go in there and I'm looking at thinking because it's it's coming up to Halloween and they've got loads of other things to do with Halloween. They would have a big pile of pumpkins for the kids. No. So we asked the girl on the till. We said, do you have any pumpkins? And she looked at us like we were mad. Do you have any pumpkins? No. Oh, right. Sorry. I thought you were a garden centre. I do beg your pardon. Anyway, so we walked out and thinking how very odd. And I said, oh, so we start heading back to my place. And so I said, I tell you what, let's go to Garston's. Garston's is out at Isha. It's a big garden centre. They do Christmas. They do they do just about everything. And I said, if anybody's going to have it because they've got a farm shop, there's going to be pumpkins. As we drove through the gate, what was that? Oh, messy, messy, messy. Have you, have you dribbled? Oh, dear. The moment you produce a toilet roll, my heart drops. I sort of think to myself, oh, here we go again. The incontinence problem we had the other day. But anyway, and so we pull into Garston's and what have they got there? A big pile, a big bin full of pumpkins. And he wants a big one. He wants a big pumpkin. And the normal ones, you buy them by the kilo, 99p a kilo. So an average pumpkin is about five quid. The bigger ones were 20 quid. He said, 20 quid. I said, well, you know, perhaps you don't want that. Anyway, we also bought, because I haven't seen it for ages, banana juice. In a little bottle, banana juice. It was delicious. But they're always too small. Why don't they make them bigger? So I've, I've got to get more banana juice. Whether it's good for me, I've got no idea. But I'm into my healthy juices at the moment. The pomegranates, the spinach, the seeds. I've got these seeds in the sand. I can't remember what it is. Anyway, it was, it was all very nice. So we had, we had a lovely lunch. And then I went back, and I didn't get back home till about three o'clock. Now that for me is quite late in the afternoon. Because yesterday I went to bed at 4.30. 4.30. Same as the day before. Don't ask me why. 4.30. Ridiculous. And uh, a friend of mine said, you're not going to bed now. My brother had said the same the day before. And I said, yep. And so I go to bed at four. What time do I wake up? 12 o'clock. Well, I've never slept through like that before. Never slept through. Seems to work, actually. Uh, Steve, do you like cheese and onion toasties? Not cheese and onion, no. Cheese and tomato. And I don't normally do tomato unless they're the little... Little heritage tomatoes. I quite like those. I could live on tom- tomatoes and cucumber. I could live on. Whether it's any good for me, I don't know. I think cucumber is just it's just water, isn't it? It's basically 85% water. And tomatoes are a fruit, aren't they? Yes, I think tomatoes are a fruit. They're not vegetable, are they? They're, they're fruit. We had this one some time ago trying to work out what was what. But anyway, so that, that was yesterday. Which is good. Karen said, oh, please stop talking about food, Steve. I've just woken up. There you go. Tomato. It's the edible, often red, although I've had all sorts of different colours, originated um, uh, in somewhere. Uh, so it's a, it's a fruit. It's a fruit. But they are lovely tomatoes, aren't they? I like dipping them in salad cream. But I'm not sure if you're vegetarian, if you can have salad cream. Can you have salad cream? That's all right. Is it? it doesn't have anything in it that you're not supposed to eat. I don't know either. I just have mayonnaise. Hellman's. I love Hellman's mayonnaise. I could have that on anything. Seriously, steaks, anything. You name it, I can drizzle it over it. I could be quite happy. Even mashed potato. Even mashed potato, which is a bit sad, isn't it, really? Should we do an early break? I say early break on this programme. Anything that's under about a minute is considered an early break. What? It's an early break. 
I never go early. I don't, I don't, I don't, the, the, the trouble is, by the time I finish talking, I've taken it over, so I never actually get to do it. I, I talk about it going, oh, I'm going to do an early break, and then by the time I finish faffing about it, I never get round to it, so it ceases to be an early break. I mean, this one will practically be on the nose. I mean, I will hit the second hand exactly at the top of the hour. Why? Because I'm a professional, and I get paid for doing that. And, of course, the advertisers are very happy if, you know, you can actually finally manage to fire the adverts at the time they're supposed to go. Sometimes I'm ten minutes out, but this morning, because I'm in such a good mood. I'm going to hit it right now. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice. We're having this major discussion at the moment about what you can eat if you're vegetarian and what you can't eat if you're piscatorian or something. Oh, piscatarian, sorry. Piscatorian is when you've had a couple of sherbets, isn't it, for in the early hours of the morning. You become a little bit like that. But it's all very exciting. We've all had a little something. Now, all of a sudden, it gives them renewed energy. If you feed the people... We did it. We, we did a big show years ago, you'll remember, at uh, the Fairfield Halls in Croydon. And we didn't take any food. And so we've got about 20 people backstage uh, at the Fairfield Halls in Croydon. And we didn't... Are you looking for a bag? There's loads of bags. You've got a bag? Oh, you've got a bag. OK. Um, oh, Tesco's. Oh, well, there you go. I'm sure that's all right. <laughs> Nobody will laugh at you. And see you later. Have you not got a coat? Have you not got a coat to wear? It's freezing out there. Are you mad? Where's your coat? Don't you have a coat? Is it... You're cycling and you've got no coat. Are you mad? Good Lord above. It's dark. No high-vis jacket on. Have you got a vest on? Why are you not wearing a jacket? You'd have to wear a... How far do you have to cycle? Oh, just to Trafalgar Square. Where? Where? Where's that? It's out. 20 minutes. Fancy cycling at this time. I wouldn't cycle at this time in the morning. It sounds far too... And you've got to hold your little bag. Oh, my God, Father's on the sleeve. This place has gone mad. I've gone mad. See you later. I couldn't come in without a coat. Although my normal producer, Chris, came in the other morning, ladies and gentlemen. No coat on. He's standing at the bus stop. And I go, where's your coat? And he goes, um, I didn't bring it this morning. I said, it's freezing. I mean, admittedly, if I've got interviews to do, as you know, in the in the daytime. Um, and I, I have my coat with me. By the time I walk out of here, the sun is up. And yesterday, the sun was up. It was lovely. A little bit chilly. A little bit chilly, but quite nice. Uh, Gary, what was the name of the Chinese in Feltham you went to? I can't remember. It's it's sort of... It's on the high street. Just just over from the pond, if that helps. And uh, Waj says, locked... Into the spike, as usual. Have you seen the new Halloween movie yet? No, I haven't seen any of the Halloween. I don't want anything where somebody opens a cupboard door and there's somebody with a clown's mask on. That would just about... Uh, I, seriously, I get frightened watching the trailers. Do you have a Ploughman's with Branston Pickle, says Dean? I do like Branston Pickle. The funny thing is, the only thing I don't like, but I have had it, is Piccalilli. It's Piccalilli. Now, I'm pretty certain that at some point in my dim and distant past, we heard from Phil Vickery. I think he makes Piccalilli, or Jamie Oliver makes Piccalilli. I can't remember. Somebody makes Piccalilli, and I remember thinking, my dad used to love it. But mind you, my dad used to love brown sauce, daddy's brown sauce, which for me was a bit spicy. It's like having English mustard as opposed to French mustard. There you go. Uh, Steve, drippy food. My few, my uh, friend used to take a tray of food to eat in the bath and a book to read. Oh, I used to take a book to read. I used to sit in the bath with a book. And then the trouble is it used to get cold, the water. So you have to sort of keep topping up every so often. <laughs> Bit of a pain, really. Bit of a pain. But uh, no, there's something nice about, about reading, a, reading a book in the bath. 
And I know you probably think it's odd, but there again, I had people writing to me thinking I was mad because I put a chair in the shower. It's a, it's a proper shower chair, but people thought I was absolutely mad. Absolutely mad. What, you sit in the shower? Yep. Why? Well, it's a lot safer at my age than falling over. I don't have a sort of a, a handle you can hang on to. And I do fall over quite, quite regularly. Not for ages, but I do normally, uh, I do normally sort of fall over things. And so I've decided that it's safer. Now we've actually discovered how happy Harry can be with some watermelon, some strawberries and a Wensleydale cheese sandwich. I mean, that's, that kind of makes your life complete. Please remember the Uncle Ben's meal you chucked in the frying pan with a couple of sausages. And uh, sorry, couldn't find a pen. Wensleydale and something chutney. I can't remember Pip. What was the chutney? It was uh, carrot chutney. He loved it. So he's obviously never had it before. He's obviously... I know, I've never seen him that happy. Do you know, the funny thing was, when we gave him the fruit the other day, this is Harry, who's the AP, OK? Um, and he was on the desk out there, and there was D and loads of other people, and Harry couldn't have anything that we were all having. So I then produced the watermelon. It comes in a box. It's already sliced and cut. And it was so exciting. I've never seen him so happy that somebody had actually managed to come up with something that he could eat. Because normally I give them fruit tellers. I'm, I'm a dreadful feeder. I have to tell you, it's one of my failings. I am a feeder. So if ever we, although I didn't pay for lunch yesterday, so I looked like I'd sort of saved money, but I'm a terrible feeder. If I've got to, always for the producer overnight, I always have done for donkey's years, bring him in a sandwich or, oh, at Christmas time, we have boxes of chocolates. We have all sorts of things, all sorts of things, because I think if they've got to work on it and I work on the assumption that, you know, I'm earning more than they are, <laughs> that's the assumption I'm working on. It might not, of course, be reality. I think why not give them a sandwich for what it costs? You get so much more back. You know, the giving is much better, as far as I'm concerned, than the receiving. How about beetroot juice, Steve? It's yummy. I love beetroot juice. Very good for you. Very good for you. But you've got to get pure beetroot juice. And I've only ever found Waitrose do pure beetroot juice. The other ones do beetroot and, and uh, apple juice and something else. It's not the same. You've got to get pure beetroot juice. OK, so uh, I didn't get the new phone yesterday because it's been collected on Friday. And at the moment, it's looking slightly odd as to whether I get it, because I don't think it's gone through. We can't quite work out whether or not my Visa card, you know, if it all of a sudden it sees something for £800 going through, they go, let's stop that one, because it could be fraudulent. They, they don't know, so I've got, to, I've got to sort that one out later on today. Supermarkets do pumpkins, says Jackie in Watford. I know, well, I mean, Paul Cooper does them, but they were a bit too small. We'd already seen those ones, and they were a bit too small. So we had to, anyway, we bought them in the end, and I think he paid about five and a half quid each. Something like that. But he was very happy. He was very, very happy. Do you suffer with cold ears? Uh, no. I don't think that. So. What do you mean now? Or if you're standing outside? Wow. Steve, why don't you get the kids carving pumpkins? Much more sinister looking. Yeah, we don't want to do sinister looking. I've decided. Not so good. But uh, no, we, we were very happy yesterday. It was, it was such a lovely day. And the weather was beautiful. And, uh, and we were listening to the radio as we're pootling around and it's it was lovely it really was lovely however you can't get much more in the boot of my car we've just given up completely so pumpkins on the back seat if you please never had pumpkins and they were quite large-ish large-ish anyway nice to be company so we take your texts and emails if you're a new listener this is the way the program goes it's basically uh, a sort of a potpourri of what I get up to, what the newspapers get up to, what the so-called celebrities get up to, although we've, we've managed to dismiss over the years a lot of third-rate Z-list celebrities. So anybody from Love Island or TOWIE or anything like that, they, um, they, 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 they sort of low down the list. John's got, got the biggest. 
he says. In fact, the biggest you've ever seen. Did you get them today then, John? John from Paul Cooper's, you remember. And he only had, you know, not the biggest pumpkin. So if, if you've got big, um, I, might be, uh, I might be up for taking a big one today for Paul. I must tell him, actually. So, uh, so hang on to it. Or it, or them. I don't know. It depends how much they actually run out at, John. So we'll see. No wonder, Steve, the price of sprouts keeps going up and up. It's because you keep eating them all. I d- I'm convinced myself that they're really good for you. Um, they might not be. But when I had them the other day, that's all I had. I didn't have anything else with them. Just a bit of mayonnaise on the, uh, on the Brussels sprouts. So that was the way it was. I was doing a craft fair, Steve, uh, at uh, Twix Library on Saturday and wandered into the high street and saw the meat room. A butcher's with massive carcasses in the window. It was something like out of Halloween. Yes, uh, I have seen it. Yes, it's uh, it's new. But I believe that the bloke who's running it used to be with Laverstocks. I'm pretty certain. Pretty certain. Uh, Craig, from a place called Ashington. We don't know anything about Ashington. Should we find out about Ashington? Let's find out. I love making you move. It's it's quite healthy. Quite healthy. Um, uh, pick. John was at the farm last night and picked 300. Oh, my God, farmers, honestly. <laughs> That's a place to go to. He's got lots and lots of, uh, of pumpkins. I'll have to tell Paul. He'll have to come down on the bus, I think. Right, so Ashington, oh, right, is a town and a civil parish. It looks quite nice. I'm looking at the Milburn statue. Uh, it's in Northumberland. Population of about 28,000. Once the centre of the coal mining industry and most inhabitants have a distinctive accent and a dialect known as pitmatic did you know that did you know that so i'm having a look where it is good lord so now we know the dialing code is 01670 which is very complicated isn't it and uh, the ambulance is northeast police is northumbria and so it goes on looks very pretty actually i quite like the look of that so we we can mention you now we have to check where you are if you're in the wrong part of the country i've got you know standards to reach on the programme for the advertisers. So, Craig, he says, I love it when you tell us bits and bobs about what goes on behind the scenes on radio and what it's like to drive at the desk and when the adverts need to be played. It definitely shows your experience in radio. But the trouble is, isn't it like working in a garage? I wish that I could do various things. I wish I could do car maintenance. Uh, but to be honest with you, I'm just not going to risk it. And secondly, I wish I could do electrical stuff. You could put in plugs yourself. I know you'd probably say you probably could. Or boiler repairs and things like that. Dan says, is being a vegan healthy? Yes, I think so. I think so, yes. I think, yes, I think your your life expectancy is longer as a vegan than it is as a, as a normal person. But listen, you've never seen Harry so happy. He was about as happy as it, as it gets, isn't it, really? It's like waking up Christmas morning and, 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 and they go... He, he, do you know he reminded me of going to hate you for this bit. He reminded me of the little match girl. You know the Christmas story and she was so cold she was she was selling the matches on the street and she was she was so cold that she lit a match. And when she struck the match she had to sell the matches to survive and I think the matches were something like penny a box or whatever they were and uh, I think she might have been a Bryant and May girl because Bryant and May match girls were famous for going on strike. They went on strike because they got treated so badly. But the little match girl was out there. She was one of one of hundreds, if not thousands, of young girls who were out on the streets and little boys as well selling matches to try and make ends meet because there was poverty. There was real poverty on the streets. And she lit the first match, knowing she shouldn't have done. And then all of a sudden she could see food and presents and everything. And then the match went out. So she thought that she liked it so much that she wanted to see something she's never seen again. So she struck another match 
and and all of a sudden it was a case of wow there was she could look into the window of a house and there were people eating food and she never got that food she never was able to have that food because she couldn't afford it she was never going to be in that situation where she'd have turkey for christmas and then she struck another match and when they found her in the morning huddled in a corner she was she was stone cold dead and frozen and she'd used up quite a few of her matches and that was a str- and it was that enthusiasm of seeing food through the window of a house that you know you can't imagine that people have never seen this stuff before people have never seen it you know she was just on the street barefooted in the middle of winter and all she had was her uh, little matches and that was the look on harry's face <laughs> he seriously looked so happy and i remembered it from the first time that i brought in watermelon and i gave it to him because i thought well oh, come on goodness sake honestly it's only watermelon and um and for what it costs, you get that much pleasure back. He was so excited and so grateful. And I thought, I'm going to do it again tomorrow. <laughs> what the hell? Don't stop me doing anything. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have company. Uh, Paul says, I wonder if those metropolitan darlings were particularly choosy about their eating habits during the previous world wars. Of course they would be. Of course they would be. It's, it's, a, it's not a... It's not something they do, oh, I think I'll just do this for a bit of fun. No, no, no. It's like having religion, isn't it? If people have got religion, they're not going to change it because something happens. You know, if you're C of E, you're always going to be... Although I didn't know I was C of E, actually. I thought I was C of E, and then I, and I, was, I was not sure, actually. Uh, my friend Michael is at Twickenham on Saturday, the 10th, because it's New Zealand rugby. Way He loves a bit of rugby. Loves a bit of rugby. The 10th. Because this Saturday, this Saturday is what? So, honestly, it's terrible the other day. I told you about the fact that we were going to have an interview yesterday. And uh, then they wanted to move it to Friday. And I said to the producer, I can't do Friday. I'm at the hospital. And I could tell by the way that she, uh, she went, oh, right. What day can you do then? I think she thought I was fibbing. I'm totally... So, luckily, I've saved the thing from the hospital on the phone and I've got the registration card, the piece of paper they sent through from the hospital with the date of your thing. I'm totally convinced. She thought I was just sort of putting it off, but uh, but I definitely wasn't, actually. Uh, you always have to prove yourself. I always like to do that. that. That's my big thing. If somebody says, you said this, I go, no, I didn't. I know what I say. And if somebody says, no, I definitely heard you, and you think, no, you didn't. You didn't hear anything like that. And so you have to almost play it back to them. And then you sort of, you, you can hear them sort of go, oh, say sorry. Uh, is your friend going to par- carve his pumpkin and make pumpkin soup? Well, he's definitely going to carve it, but he doesn't like pumpkin. He's a bit like me. A bit like me. I'm not, I've tried pumpkin before. I've done, I've done a, um, a special Thanksgiving dinner and we had pumpkin. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> How are people going to eat it? I've got no idea. Dorothy says, if you want a decent pumpkin, contact uh, Slindon Pumpkins, huge or small. Now, people go out and buy them, don't they? So, you know, people people go and, and do all these bits and pieces and they go and carve them in the field because they grow on top of mats. So the actual leaves are underneath and the pumpkin grows on the top. It's quite clever, but I'm just not really into them. The only thing I can ever think you want to do with a pumpkin is carve it and stick a nightlight inside and that's it. You know, and I don't know why. It's called, I mean, it used to be called, not a pumpkin, but a jack-o'-lantern. A jack-o'-lantern, that's what it used to be called. I don't know why. Steve says, if you're may- a mayonnaise fan, let me recommend the Polish version called Mayonnaise. It can be bought in all major supermarkets. I'm fully converted. Can't stand Hellman's. I love Hellman's. Oh, Hellman's is on everything. Everything, everything, everything. I buy the giant ones. The ones which are bigger, bigger, bigger. Brussels sprouts of veggie ice cream, says Jackie. I don't care. <laughs> I love, I love Brussels sprouts. I can't, I can't get enough Brussels sprouts. I've never actually eaten them. I've never actually eaten them for uh, for breakfast, but I'm sure you can. Can you change a tyre? Of course I can change a tyre. I'm over 40. 
Anybody can change a tyre, but luckily I've got enough money. Somebody else changes it. They're called the RAC. That's what the RAC get called out more for, changing a tyre. I have changed them on my car. They're huge. They're absolutely enormous. And the jack that they give you is... I've got a two-and-a-half-ton car. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Steve, compared to the past and poverty, we don't know how lucky we are, do we? We've got so much nowadays. I know. I know. Uh, will you now pay a visit to Ashington to experience the dialect? No. No, absolutely not a cat in hell's chance. No, no, we don't do things like that. It's like, ooh, why, eh, would you like to go to Newcastle? No, I wouldn't. Thank you very much indeed. I've been to Newcastle. I went up there to do a, an interview on the Tall Ships race. And, um, and and that was enough, thank you. I've never been back since. My mum used to make marrow chutney. Yummy. Beetroot juice has to be organic, says John in Kensal Rise. Know your cemetery very well. Thank you. Watermelon, feta and basil in a salad. Oh, yes. Yes, you can do that, can't you? But it probably makes it quite soggy. Somebody told me if you actually buy a watermelon, you drill a hole in it. And then you pour in a, a bottle of vodka. And you let the watermelon soak up all the vodka. And then when you eventually cut it, it's vodka watermelon. Because I've had watermelon and vodka before. Whereas they've squeezed the, uh, the watermelon. It's lovely. Ian says, I love Brussels sprouts too. Lots of places do them as a starter over. He's in America. And uh, blooming cold again. It is over here. It is, I mean, it is really over here. It's, uh, it's chilly, chilly bon. Chilly, chilly bon. But uh, yes, the, the idea that I couldn't change a car tyre would be ridiculous. So yes, I can. But I, I, don't, uh, I don't bother doing it. If ever I have a puncture, out comes, you know, the RAC. It's as simple as that. Uh, somebody says, who, in your opinion, is the biggest celeb on earth? I've got no idea, actually. The Queen. The Queen would be the biggest celeb on earth. I suppose any world leader, because, you know, they're not, they're not like normal people, are they? So it depends whether you class the Queen as a celebrity. So uh, I, I don't know, actually. I would think she would be about the, the biggest. You imagine sort of phoning up and saying, would she like to come and do In Conversation with Steve Allen on LBC? Yes, Her Majesty would very much like to do that. She's a big fan of the programme. Oh, lovely. So that, that would be quite interesting, provided... There were no restrictions on what you could ask. If there are restrictions on what you can ask somebody, then I'm not really interested in doing the interview because the whole idea of doing an interview is that you want to get something out of people. That, otherwise, you get the same interview that everybody else gets. And I like to pride myself that my interviews are a little bit different from everybody else's. Howard says, I gather walkers have introduced sprout flavour crisps. Listen, there's no way that you could actually do sprout flavour. Well, you might better do them, but you cannot beat sprouts. That's the whole idea, isn't it? You have to do... It's got to be sprouts. And eating a whole bag of them the other day, I mean, it was fantastic. I absolutely loved it. I loved it. And I might do it today. I don't know. I'm feeling that kind of mood this week. I'm having a lazy week. I like a lazy week every so often. Friday's going to be sort of fairly sort of hectic day and, uh, and Saturday, but the rest of it, fine. Uh, knockers are out. Suspenders are up. Guess what? Guess what? Door knockers. People aren't buying door... Nobody buys door knockers. You just sort of... You just bang on somebody's door now. A door knocker. Who's got one of those? A few of you probably listening. And also people have got the little doorbell. Bing bong, bing bong. And also uh, that bloke, uh, the, you remember the one on the flight, the Ryanair flight? Oh, you wait till I tell you what the extras are on Ryanair. Blimey. And he was a racist, you know. And then somebody said, what were they supposed to do? They should have offloaded him. It's as simple as that. I still can't remember whether or not the flight was up in the air when they did it. It could be up in the air. But no, it can't be because she was... He was trying to get to his seat. 
So, they, I mean, it would have been easy to, to get him off the plane. I wouldn't be flying with Ryanair. If that's their attitude to a racist, just leave them sitting there, coming up with the worst language I've ever heard. I mean, frankly, not for me, thank you very much indeed. It might be, you know, different for other people. And uh, yesterday, everybody was talking about it. Everybody agreed. The same thing. He should have been offloaded from the flight. Once we found out who he is, which we will, not in the papers today. I thought it would be in the papers today, but it's, uh, but it's not. Uh, then he'll be... Uh, pilloried from pillar to pillar. You can't say things like that. You can't say it. You just can't say it. Uh, there's a student who died. This is nothing unusual in this day and age, I'm afraid to tell you. Uh, this one was binging on vodka shots. When he was completely comatose, they shaved all his hair off. His friends were drinking from a pig's head. I mean, what is it with students? Are they just completely stupid? If you drink vodka, I think people think you can drink and drink and drink and drink and it doesn't affect you. Well, I've heard of, I mean, this must be about the fourth or the fifth person who's died this year through an overindulgence into alcoholic drinks. They can kill you. It's like taking paracetamol and things like that. It doesn't take many paracetamol to kill you, to stop, you know, stop your body working. And they just go, we can't do anything else about it. Can't do anything else about it at all. Uh, Thomas the Tank Engine's got a new pal in the series. It's a refugee from Kenya. So they're sort of trying to bring themselves up to, uh, to date. And um, Tony Hadley... Hopes take music to new heights by singing in space. Singing in space. Um, uh, what have we got one here? Oh, Top Gear. Three new presenters. All men. You've got Paddy McGuinness. I quite like Paddy McGuinness. Can't stand his wife. I really can't stand her. Talk about desperately sad and lonely and attention-seeking. That just about sort of ticks all the boxes. Uh, also, 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 Christmas dinner more expensive this year because everything's gone up in price. Except the turkey, which you're going to get from Iceland. Because turkey with bacon is 26 quid. And they did a test uh, in one of, I think it was Good Housekeeping. They always do it and they tell you, best mince pies, best this, best filling, best everything. And they did turkey. And they tried lots of turkeys. And the Iceland one beat everybody else's. Remember they did the mince pies a few years ago? And their, mince pie, their luxury mince pies at about 189 a box, they said were the best. And I used to bring in loads of mince pies. That's another thing Harry can't have. He can't have mince pies, can he? Hold on, He's going to prove to be the... Uh, he can have mince pies? Can he? Yeah, but has he not got gelatin in? It's gelatin that can put him off. I don't. I, th I think there's gelatin in mince pies. I'm pretty certain that at some point there's a binding agent and it would be gelatin. So he can't have frutellas or fruit pastels or stuff like that. Whether he can have chocolate, I don't know. Is He can have chocolate. Is there not gelatin in chocolate? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, but you just eat anything. I mean, if I brought in my Dyson, you'd probably eat the Dyson or something. Sort of slowly working from the sucking bit all the way up to sort of the top of it. Do you think you could actually eat a, eat a vacuum cleaner? I suppose you could, actually. I'm more interested in the story today of, uh, of the world's oldest intact shipwreck. 2,700 years old. It's complete. I mean, I mean come on. I mean, blimey, we thought we were thought we were in luck with the Mary Rose when we brought the Mary Rose up. But this thing is even older than the Mary Rose. And it's intact. It's got its mast, its rigging, everything else. And it's in, I think, the Black Sea or the Baltics, one of them. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, let's bring it up. But, of course, if at the moment you bring it up and it dries out, it falls apart. So, like the Mary Rose, when they brought the Mary Rose up... They had to keep it wet. They had to inject silicon in it for the best part of two years, I think. And the silicon replaced the water because once it dried out, the timbers 
crumbled because they were so old. And so when you go and see it in the museum, what you're seeing is half a ship. There was half of it in the mud, which was preserved, and half in the water, which wasn't. So you've got half a ship. It's the most amazing thing you'll ever see. If somebody could take you into the pyramids for the very first time, that you've, you've never seen the pyramids, and you, you go all the way over and you go to the pyramids and they take you inside, and then you find a secret door with a tunnel that leads you to... And you'd be going, wow, that's like the Mary Rose. That's like the Mary Rose. You go and see it, and it's, it's quite something. It's a Tudor warship. It is quite amazing. Quite amazing. And uh, Jenny says, Harry may not have a Thanksgiving turkey this year, but he will have a genuine American pumpkin. Yes. Uh, Charles says, how about bacon bits with sprouts? I don't mind that, actually. Lardons. I've had that before at Little Italy. Like that a lot, actually. Like that a lot. And uh, Tony Pelledri will be up at the moment. 14 to 5. Of course he will be. He'll be up getting things ready because he's an early bird, as they say, an early bird. Uh, Stephen, uh, somebody says, have you tried stir-fried sprouts? Um, no, I just put them in a little bit of water and do it that way. I mean, I mean, you know, I could obviously try. Uh, Steve, a jack-o'-lantern, not a turnip. At LBC was jack-o'-lantern, not a... T- no, we don't get that one at all. Oh, right, no, a jack-o'-lantern was a pumpkin. Jack-o'-lantern was a pumpkin. I don't know, perhaps he's just put turnip, I don't know. Jack, type in jack-o'-lantern. And, and we, we shall find out. And I'm pretty certain it's a pumpkin. Well, you could do it for a turnip. I should imagine that's fairly difficult to carve a turnip, isn't it? Have you ever tried carving a turnip? Not really. I keep seeing all these knives on the television for sale. I think, oh, no, definitely not for me. I do myself immeasurable damage, I think, with a set of blooming knives. So there we go. These are... What are these? Original Irish jack-o'-lanterns. Turn, uh, but they're Irish, you see, turnips. I don't know whether the pumpkins are over there. But look, here you go. Stringy jack-o'-lantern. And that's a... What's that? Is that a turnip? Oh, they, they do do a turnip jack-o'-lantern as well. But most people... There you go. That's the jack-o'-lantern. And that's the... Uh, oh, right, you can do them. Apparently Donald Trump pumpkins are called Trumpkins. Or just stupid. And you can do all sorts of things. If you're very clever at carver, you can do anything. All it is, though, it's just got a nightlight inside it. And I don't know whether it's there to ward off evil spirits. Or something like that. It's quite clever, isn't it? I think it's... I'm envious of anybody that can do it. I tell you what they do in Thai restaurants. They carve vegetables... That goes, uh, oh, I don't know, and um, they, they they carve vegetables. You can carve a tomato very thin and you turn it into a rose. Have you ever done that? I've done that a few times. I've done that a few times. Just get a big tomato, get a very sharp knife and just go round. So you're taking the skin off. And when you get to the end, you've got a long piece of that and you just roll it round and it becomes a rose. They do. They've never been to a Thai restaurant and they've done that. They've been to a Thai restaurant. What did you have to eat? Hopefully we go. You won't wait for this one. So you had half the restaurant, did you? you? Ate the table, the chairs, all the rest of it, yeah. But they always carve vegetables and carrots. They're very good at carving carrots. I think, I firmly believe, they put them on your plate, you go, that's really pretty, but nobody touches it. Goes back to the kitchen, they wash it off, and it goes on the, on the next plate. Uh, going out for pizza tonight, feeling nervous. Any tips on what I should wear? What I should wear? Pants, just pants, I think, for sort of going out. Look at that, whoa, mind you. You can make a carrot recorder. They tell you how to do this on Google. A carrot recorder. Some people are so clever, aren't they? Look at that. I mean, there's a ma- somebody playing on vegetables here. Different vegetables. But there you go, you know. You do what you want with it, as far as I'm concerned. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Tuesday, 23rd of October. 
Actually, I did hear a rumour the other day. I'm only putting it out to you because I think it's a rumour. Whether it's true, I've got no idea. I've not been round. Somebody said that Darren has got his Christmas decorations up already. Has he really, honestly? I think that's great. I love it. I, d- I never care when people hear, oh, it's way too early. Never too early. Never too early. Uh, do you believe in ghosts? No, I don't. No, absolutely not. This uh, building that we're in is built on the site of two houses in Leicester Square. I've told you before. Uh, I think one of them used to be a doctor. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that they used to look after bodies and stuff like that. But I just don't believe in ghosts. Nothing's ever turned up in this. Although, actually, we did have somebody who worked on the news desk a few years ago. And she was totally convinced that lights were turning themselves on and off. Which, of course, they do because they're automatic. And if nobody is in an area it, to conserve energy, it turns the lights off. It's quite brilliant. We have them at home. You know, you can have them put into your own place. So, in other words, if, if you're not there half the time, you turn the lights off. When somebody walks into it, lights come on. And uh, she was convinced that the place was haunted. And I, I told her the story about the two houses from the doctors that used to be on this site and they used to buy bodies. And she, she, she believed it. I was, <laughs> she firmly believed it, which actually was OK. I don't, I don't mind so believing it. Because in those days, uh, Burke and Hare used to go... They used to have to have in cemeteries... There's still some cemeteries in London, mainly round about the Tower of London, where they've got the Night Watchman's Hut... The night watchman would sit in the hut and guard the cemetery. Why? Because at night time, along would come the grave robbers and they would dig somebody up, take the body out that had just been buried and go and sell it to a doctor for whatever they sold it to doctors for. I can't even remember what they would sell them for now. And so the doctors could work out how to do operations because they needed a body. And so they would pay people to go to to the cemeteries. So a lot of the cemeteries used to have night watchmen there. And they would make sure that nobody was stealing the bodies. And I, I told this person this story. She was, sorry? She, yeah, she believed, well, it was true. They, they, they did used to dig up bodies from cemeteries. And in fact, there's a cemetery over the road from the Tower of London. And it's got a wooden, not a wooden hut, it's a concrete little house in the cemetery where the night watchman would sit to make sure that nobody came in and thieved freshly buried bodies. So there you go. That's how it used to work. People used to do grave robbing. It's nothing new. They were doing it in the Egyptian times. Dorothy says, I removed a door knocker. It frightened me to death every time somebody hammered on the door. I know. I don't like that either, actually. Living in the home of the Brussels sprout in Bedfordshire, you can still get sprout picking kits. I love big sprouts cooked with chestnuts. Funny, isn't it? I only do little ones. So you can get about three or four in your mouth at the same time. Can't do the big ones. They, they take... What? They take a bit longer to cook. Yes, you were. Uh, Steve, jack-o'-lantern is a turnip. No, 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 Georgia. No, 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 no. It can be a turnip, depending on where you are in the world, and it can be a pumpkin as well. So uh, I think the Irish were doing it, and they were using turnip. You can probably use anything. Probably use a lettuce, I suppose, if you put your mind to it. Uh, When I was a kid, says Chris, there didn't seem to be any pumpkin, so my dad would carve out a face from a turnip with tears streaming from his eyes and his hand in ice until Christmas. It was worth it. Well, can't you carve it? turnip or something. They're not like onions, I don't think, well, as far as I remember that. Uh, 84850, steve uh, Waj quite likes the idea that Take Me Out is back on uh, television and he's going to be on Top Gear. I'm surprised, actually, they haven't got anybody else on Top Gear. There aren't any women. But why did they not put women on there? Because the first presenter of, of Top Gear was Angela Rippon. Chris in South West London, he said, I'm off to Covent Garden Flower Market. I think you're going to Nine Elms. I don't think you're going to Covent Garden. It's, uh, they don't sell anything like that there. Uh, thought of you immediately. 
bless you. Thank you so much indeed. I like that idea that people go out and think of me. And uh, somebody says, get a nice, hard, fresh sprout and grate it raw. You can actually buy grated sprouts now, can't you? Sprinkle it on the surface of soup. Oh, no. Do you know that there are three lightly cooked sprouts have more vitamin C than a large orange, says William. Well, there you go. There you go. They played carrot recorders on Bake Off, an extra slice, two weeks ago. Surprisingly musical, says Charles. I like that idea that we're, we're sort of fairly inventive in this country. I've now got visions, all this talk of food, of you pushing Steve's food trolley with a big neon sign serving all the staff of Global with your treats, says Marion. I am a feeder. They will tell you in the building, I feed. You know, sometimes I'll sort of just empty it on a Friday, all, all the things that we've not had, all the fruit tellers and the fruit pastels and the news. <laughs> And I've still got to go this week, a big bag of Haribo with all little bags of Haribo inside it. Could he have Haribo? No, he can't have Haribo, can he? No. No Haribo for Harry. We're working out all these things he can have and all the things he can't have. (laughs) I love it, actually. I love it. Uh, I was at a food stall the other day. The person in front of me was buying a bacon roll, but proudly telling the stallholder they were vegan, says Jane. Well, listen, excuse me. I've known. Come closer. I've known a vegan eat a ham sandwich. Seriously. I mean, you know, you think it's it's not, not possible, don't you? But no, it's absolutely possible. People people do things like that. I know, yes, I know, I know, yes, I know lots of people who would do things like that. People lapse. I don't mind people lapsing. I don't, I don't have a problem with that at all, actually. And uh, Steve, it's suet in the mincemeat which stops vegetarians from eating it. I sometimes make my own. Oh, so there's suet you can't have. I didn't think he could have a mince. I've never seen him have a mince pie, and I brought mince pie. But chocolate, you think he can definitely have. Might bring in some chocolates for him tomorrow. Bless his heart. You watch, by the time we get to Christmas, Harry's going to be so big. And uh, and Thomas is going to be so little. Little tiny person. Little tiny person. We've got the news coming up at five very shortly. Uh, I must thank uh, various people for sending in things. Thank you very much indeed to Margaret and Martin from Englefield Green. We enjoy your programme on LBC tremendously. So they've sent me in two books. The London Scene, Six Essays on London Life by uh, Virginia Woolf. And the other one is London Folk Tales by Helen East, which is lovely. It's what I call one of my sort of uh, reedy books on the train. I can sit there and read all sorts of things on, on the train. It's got all sorts of stories about, you know, Bran the Blessed, uh, Dick Whittington, people like that. So that's what I like. I like it when people send things in. And at uh, the moment I get um, CDs sent in, I always know that it's from my friend Ray, who always sends in all sorts of things. And included, because he comes from uh, Woodford Green in Essex, he says a DVD of Cliff's show from Friday night at Bridgewater, Manchester, and went out live to cinemas. And the Royal Variety performance from 1971. And the George Formby Society featuring yours truly at the Royal Albert Hall for Her Majesty's 92nd birthday. And a copy of The Vellum, which is the uh, the magazine, which is uh, for the official George Formby Society. Always a thrill to get anything from Ray. Thank you very much indeed. And thank you to everybody else who sent things in. If you're celebrating your birthday today, many happy returns of the day. It's, uh, it's going to be a lazy day. And London is empty. I think perhaps it's closed at the moment. Because the kids are on holiday. Russia warns of danger as Trump scraps nuclear pact. Focus on the prize, the PM tells the Brexit rebels. And students cake themselves in foam on Raisin Monday. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, every nice to have your company. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast, Tuesday, 23rd of October. Why are the papers obsessed with the Beckham's marriage? Why are they obsessed? Listen, they probably go through rough periods like everybody else does. And that's why... 
you know, Beckham said, oh, at times it's tough. I should imagine it must be. They're not the most perfect family. God knows they're not the most perfect family. Uh, also, Melinda Messenger's back. God knows why she just is. And what are they selling of Stephen Hawking? His old wheelchair. I mean, who in God's name is going to... I mean, surely something like that. Shouldn't it go to the Science Museum and get Madame Tussauds to make a, a model of him or put him in Madame Tussauds? I don't know, actually. The world's oldest intact shipwreck, which was the one that fascinates me. It's lain undisturbed for two and a half thousand years. I didn't think it was possible. Uh, they found what they believe at the bottom of the Black Sea. It's a 75 foot vessel thought to be ancient Greek, discovered with mast, rudders, rowing benches, all present and correct, a mile Beneath the service, a lack of oxygen, of course, uh, has protected it. It's believed to have been a trading vessel and uh, researchers say only one has previously been seen. And that's on the side of an ancient pottery uh, jar, which is in the British Museum. This ship uh, and this piece of work date from the same period. And it depicts a similar vessel bearing Odysseus past the sirens with the Homeric hero lashed to the mast. They're going to leave it there where it's been found and a small piece has been carbon dated and there are pictures you can go onto the internet you can go onto it show me the picture of the ship again i mean it's just absolutely amazing it is it's got the it's amazing seriously i'm always fascinated by things like that it's got the place where the where the the poor people who were rowing the blooming thing would sit there being lashed by the master of the ship <laughs> road you've seen it in all the movies and here is an original ship here it is resting on the seabed for 2400 years and it's still there but as i say you can't bring it up the moment you start bringing it up it will just fall apart but isn't that i, mean, I love stuff like that the mary rose as i say was 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 the one that i was more interested in than than anything else because it's so perfect it's so perfect and they've not only got the mary rose or half of the ship but uh, it's a nice bit. Uh, but they've got the cannons. They've got the skeleton of the dog that went down with it. They've got the food, bowls. They've got, they've got everything. This museum with the Mary Rose, you, I mean, you have to see it. It should be on your bucket list of things to go and see that have been recommended by Steve Allen. The other one is go and see 42nd Street. <laughs> you know, it's not quite the same, but you do get a bit of a song and a dance at the same time. This uh, Greek trading vessel... Uh, lying there for two and a half thousand years, approximately. It's a well-known shipwreck graveyard. They've already found 60 other vessels down there. Isn't that amazing? Do you think if at one point somebody can ever drain the world's oceans, we're going to find all sorts of things we've never seen before, creatures we've never seen before. There's going to be lots of dead fish, aren't there? There's going to be, I reckon there's going to be lots of creatures that you know we're never going to see ever again, and they're going to be at the bottom of the ocean. And they've got these... These, I mean, when you look at the ocean, if you've, if you've never been on a cruise, you won't understand this at all, but you see nothing. Even though somebody could be floating about in the sea, you wouldn't see them at all. And they've got this oceanic vessel, which takes thing, and it goes down. Like the one that went to the Titanic. Remember the Titanic? Two and a half miles down, and they find it. And this is exactly the same, and it's only a mile down. And they go, oh, my God. There's a ship. What sort of ship is it? Greek. There's a Greek trading ship. And so this submersible goes down. Whether there's anybody in the submersible, because they've got to get two pictures, one from another submersible, and then, and then you come across... Oh my God, is that it? Or is that just the bottom of the ocean? There's all sorts of things going on on the bottom of the ocean that we're not aware of. 
there's all, all these sort of plants and things that waft about. I like a bit of wafting. And uh, and they go down there. And then you go, I wonder what that is. When they were discovering the Mary Road, they couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Or the uh, Texing, which was a Chinese porcelain ship. Do you remember that one? The Texing? You can still buy bits of Texing. I've got about four or five bits. I gave some away. I gave one to Dale, actually. <laughs> Should have asked for it back. But uh, it was, you know, lots of nice sort of things. And then when you, you find this stuff at the bottom of the ocean, it's like, I'm totally convinced they're going to actually go into the Titanic in another bit. They're going to discover bodies in cabins. Because I don't know where they went. I don't know if they've ever discovered skeletons down there because people must have gone down with the ship. And yet we never know, do we? But when you look at this particular thing, and it's always National Geographic, isn't it? They always have the best sort of pictures. And you look at it, it's always as if the thing was made yesterday. But I just think, absolutely, I love stuff like that. I'm obviously sort of fascinated by by history. And it doesn't have to... This, this particular ship had about 15 to 25 people on it. And it's one of 67 wrecks found in the area. And uh, it's, it's the graveyard. They've got galleys from Roman, Byzantine and Ottoman empires. Is that amazing? I mean, I just think that's amazing. This stuff is existing. I mean, even well-preserved rope was found aboard one 2,000-year-old Roman vessel. Carvings in the wood of the some of the ships have re- remained intact for centuries. Because the Black Sea has got no light or oxygen, little life survives, meaning the wrecks are in excellent condition. I've never been to the Black Sea. We've got to go there. That's the, that's the, that's the holiday. That is, that is the best place to go to. How lovely. How lovely. Anyway, so the students caking themselves in foam on Razor Monday. We don't know why they cake themselves in foam. It's like, you know, in one part of, is it Spain or Italy? They have a fight with tomatoes. Thousands of tons of... Seems a dreadful waste of food to me, but there you go. Uh, Also, um, the Hollywood Super Nannies. It's the must-have. Well, it is because Megan's just had one. So, you know, apparently if Megan has it, it's obviously all right for the rest of you. Um, The other one is the proof that we all eat plastic. They've been testing people's people's waste. And uh, they discovered that it's got bits of plastic in it. So we're obviously eating plastic. God knows what I've eaten recently. It's got plastic in it. Uh, what's as harmful as cigarettes for you? Pornography, apparently. Because I think it's a case of cigarettes are harmful because they make you sick. Uh, pornography is because some people become self-reliant on it. And they say it makes it very difficult for people to form relationships because people think relationships are like they are in pornographic movies. And I wouldn't be so na- naive as to say I wouldn't have the faintest idea what I was talking about because it is easy to get addictive to something that, uh, that is the most accessed thing on the internet. You thought it was sort of pictures of Melinda Messenger. No, 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 no. What do most people type in on the internet? Sex. Sex. And whether, you know, that's why they've always advised parents, do you know what your kids are accessing? Luckily, there's history. You can go in there and find out if they've been accessing, uh, accessing big-breasted women from Guatemala or something like that. You know, that's the sort of thing. You can, you can see somebody's history coming up on the telephone. And so people access it from an early age. I mean, luckily, when I was an early age, we didn't have computers. Didn't have mobile phones. We didn't have cordless telephones. It was. It, was, it seems ages, doesn't it? Technology has moved on something fantastically. But uh, nevertheless, uh, what are the extras on Ryanair? Oh my goodness me! You won't believe the extras. I had to. I had to mark this because I couldn't believe it either. I've never. I've never flown Ryanair. Not because I don't want to. It's just because it's never sort of cropped up. But um, these are the extra charges for your flight. This is with with Ryanair. And they say that they're actually squeezing a lot of money out of passengers for seating 
and luggage fees. And so here we go. For priority booking, if booked online, £6. It's £8 if it's booked later or at the airport. £8 is to store small suitcases in the hold. £10 if booked later. £55 to check in at the airport. £115 to change the name of the passenger on the flight, rising to £160 if the name is changed at the airport. £4 for a standard seat reservation fee per seat. £15 to reserve a seat on the plane with extra legroom. Everybody's going to be doing that, aren't they? Oh, I'll have extra legroom. They go, it's an extra extra 15 quid. £20 to reissue a boarding pass. £20 booking fee at all airports with call centres. And 25 to 40 quid for a checked bag. They reckon they're raking in six million quid a day. Six million pounds a day, Ryanair are raking in. And they allow a man to racially abuse a black woman who's, who's just been on holiday uh, to get over the death of her husband. Who uh, who died only a short while ago? Dreadful, really, absolutely dreadful. Uh, Vic Hope has hit out at a secret chat before she was dumped. I can't believe she's been dumped from Strictly. She was one of the prettiest people on there. I know that makes me shallow. I know that people go. It shouldn't be based on looks. It's based, as Craig Rayrell Hallwood said the other day. He said it's got nothing to do with the person. He said it's to do with the fact whether they can dance or not. That's the whole idea. You're going on there to dance. He is judging you on your dancing. If you can't dance, he tells you. And that's why we had to get rid of Tony Beak and whoever he was dancing with and a few other people. And now, sadly, um, she's gone. Vic Hope has gone, which I always think is a bit of a shame, really, because I was sort of waving the flag for her. But uh, there's, bit, there's bits in the paper today that you will enjoy, I'm sure. And friends of Aunt McPartland fear his divorce from Lisa is going to turn nasty. Well, she's get, she knows everything. She was married to him for 11 years. She could tell you everything about him, you know, the rise of it, what his fears were, uh, who he liked in the business, who he didn't like. I mean, you don't seriously think she's going to keep quiet. I mean, he's, he's hot property. And, uh, and it doesn't matter how much money she gets. She was married for 11 years. I think she'll probably get half. In which case, he, he can afford to live on, on 30 million. They, they reckon they've got about 60 million each, which I don't think they have. I think people sort of overestimate when it comes to Ant and Dick. Excuse me? Got a big mug of tea this time round. Very exciting. Uh, bring back beavers, which could help protect the planet. Producer thought that was somewhat funny when we did it earlier on. I don't know why. Bringing back beaver. But uh, anyway, he was very excited. I don't think he knew what a beaver was. Did you know? What, have you ever seen a beaver? Do you know what they look like? Oh, right, OK. Just I wasn't sure because you sort of... Yeah, I don't know why. Perhaps it's just the word, isn't it? Alex Jones from The One Show says, Juggling motherhood with a career is exhausting. Well, I'll tell you what. Let me offer you a solution. Stop working on the television. There you go. I've solved it for you. Now there isn't any problem. You've got a husband, you know, or you have an insatiable urge to inflict yourself on everybody. Because she turned up the other day on the chase. Well, you can't have it both ways, love. You know, you can't get, oh, it's so exhausting. Jug it. Well, stop doing all these extra works. Just do what you're paid to do and that's it. I don't do anything else apart from this. Why would I bother? Why would I bother? People say, oh, do you not do anything else? No, of course not. Of course not. So when she sort of moans about juggling motherhood with a career, well, you know, well, stop doing You can't stop the motherhood thing. Stop the career. You don't need to be on the television. We can happily live without you. Don't worry. We can really happily live without you. Uh, the big question's on back pain. Have you ever had back pain? God, it's awful. It really is. It's the worst thing you can ever... I remember I had it once, and, uh, and they gave me a tablet, which they then took me off, which I was surprised, because I thought it was brilliant. They, they, they put me on diclofenic which is a muscle relaxant. My, my back pain was like I was clinging outside the doctor's surgery, 
clinging onto the lamppost. I was frightened to move. I know it sounds ridiculous. Think, oh, it's only just a pain. Oh, it's like a pain you can't imagine. There are so many pains that really are maximum pains. And back pain would be up there with toothache. If you've had, you know, an abscess and you've had toothache. Oh, my Lord. It's the worst thing ever. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a very nice to be company. Welcome to Tuesday. I know, I know. It's awful, isn't it? You turn on the radio and there's some cheerful little soul going, hello, hello, welcome to Tuesday. And you're all thinking, why don't you just fall in a snowdrift? <laughs> Front page of the sun this morning. Uh, Posh and Beck's at war. They're determined to get this one going, aren't they? I mean, to be honest with you, I should imagine she's a right pain to live with. But there again, I should imagine he's a bit simple. And then you've got the rest of the children. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, they are a little bit, as I say, the Von Trapps or just something even more annoying. Meg gives Oz a dieful. Uh, she's wearing a split dress. I mean, it's, you know, what can I tell you? It's a dress. She's wearing it. And who's your, who's your girl getting her boobies out? Today, it's Love Island's Olivia Atwood. Oh, how dreary. Why don't you just stay in more, dear? Do us a favour. Why don't you go find a job? That'd be nice. Apparently, uh, he blasted bloke who went out with her called Chris Hughes and um, uh, digs at me every month. There's clearly a minor data breach. I mean, it's a bit sad, isn't it? Don't you feel a bit tragic, Olivia? You know, don't both of you feel a bit tragic? You know, it would be easy, wouldn't it? Can't you just sort of find a job, or do you think just getting your boobs out and wearing your underwear is enough in this day and age to make a career out of? Because take my word for it, it ain't. Take my word for it. And when it all collapses, we're going to be sitting back going, told you, told you. Uh, chop biz rate for 235,000 Hammond Ponders cuts this is for the small firms to save the high streets I don't know why we are high streets doing okay we seem to be doing okay uh, what have we got here the gang that targeted the Beckhams they don't know it's a gang they don't know anything about them they were hooded they had baseball caps and they're not a gang they just happen to be people who came together ridiculous honestly apparently they're thought to be behind a string of raids on the rich and famous well don't they have a car number or something? I mean, are they that dim in the Cotswolds? Uh, one of the thieves in identical tracksuits, masks and gloves, stalking the grounds of a mansion 25 miles away from the Beckhams. And uh, cops are still probing the July raid at the home of Sir Christopher Evans. The gang fled with his wife's jewellery collection, stashed in log baskets. And uh, so, but I mean, they, they looked in the Beckhams' window. They haven't got anything. What is it they've got? A collection of jewellery? Of course not. They've probably just got pictures of themselves, which is not the kind of thing you really want. Oh, you had to look in the window. Yeah, we put the ladder up. What's in there? Pictures of themselves. Oh, God, how dreadful. Uh, the police say it's uh, it's the same people, they think. Well, that's what some of the experts have said. And uh, four men who were arrested last month in connection with the raid have been released pending inquiries. So there you go. Uh, what have we got? Top cop probed after Lou Race Row. A senior murder cop allegedly racially abused a Somalian... Toilet cleaner. Good Lord above. Why do people lose their tempers nowadays? Everywhere you go, there's people very short-tempered. And I don't don't quite know why. Is it because people just get upset very easily? Or is it because people can? Because I don't, I don't see it, actually. I'm fairly sort of... I, sh- I have a bit of road rage. Occasionally I'll sort of shout at, you know, another motorist on the road. But that's just me being me. Uh, gear we go again. This is uh, Freddie Flintoff and Paddy McGuinness. Together with uh, Chris Harris, they're going to be the hosts of the new Top Gear. They're obviously a little bit worried that the audience has tailed off because it had uh, Matt LeBlanc. 
and so he was being uh, replaced. Getting the, the the gig, says Paddy, is a real honour. I thought you've had to suffer with the dreary attention-seeking wife who's posed on the bonnet of a Mercedes in wearing very little. That's the trouble when you're boring and you don't actually have anything, but you're married to somebody famous. That's always very useful. Turning up at the uh, the Inside Soap Awards, somebody called Sarah Jane Dunn from Hollyoaks. Never heard of her. Not a clue. Even looking at a picture, not a clue. Uh, also... Uh, because Shane Ward had a bit of a meltdown last time he didn't get an award, they had to give him one. Best Exit Award. Uh, somebody called Tilly Keeper from East Enders. No idea. I don't know who these people are. I'm supposed to know these things. But it doesn't doesn't always work, does it? The Lioness Who Killed the Lion. That was a bit of a worry, wasn't it? Obviously, he had uh, his days were numbered. They'd been together for eight years and had three cubs. In 2015, Indianapolis Zoo said... It had no plans to change how it manages lions. It said, for a lot of us, it's just like losing a family member. So the lioness hung on to the ten-year-old's neck until he suffocated. And then she killed... I mean, that's, that's what they do. That's what they do. The uh, the knockers and the suspenders as well. Apparently thongs are riding high. Suspenders are more than holding up, but knockers have slumped. High Street giant John Lewis credits the rise in G-strings. 72% and suspenders 132% to Love Island how classy but you can hardly walk down the street just wearing those things can you so your knockers are out the trouser press the Corby trouser press that's out I've got one the alarm clocks have had their time how do you wake up and DVD players are out popularity of discs slip oh, I've got DVD player sir in the plural because I like DVD players let's have a quick uh, oh, 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 oh. oh that's lovely um, enough here. I love the way they go. His decision to quit the Radio 1 Breakfast Show was enough of a shock, and now Nick Grimshaw has confirmed his career is moving in a different direction. Yes, killing more audiences, I should imagine. I love the way he left. It was a case of they had to. He was hemorrhaging the audience like there was no tomorrow. If they'd left him on it, it would have disappeared completely. So they've shoved him on the afternoon, but there again, if you didn't like him in the morning, you're not going to like him in the afternoon. I was worried about that in radio. They take somebody off the television everybody hates, they put them on the radio. So you hate them on the television, now you hate them on the radio at the same time. Uh, lip balm. Lip balm. Do you use lip balm? I see people all the time with little lip balm, sort of rubbing it on their their lips. Because <coughs> they end up being very... Sort of, and of course, the worst thing you can do is lick them. A lot of people lick their lips. Or sort of, mm. There was a woman who got on the train the other day. Of course, she had to sit opposite me, didn't she? And she's sort of sitting there, and I'm looking at her thinking, here we go. She looked like she had half of yesterday's breakfast down the front, but anyway. And then she produces a mirror. And then she produces a thing for crimping her eyelashes. On a train with loads of other people. What a peasant. What a peasant. Who does their makeup? It's like me sort of getting out a portable shower and just saying, excuse me, taking my clothes off and sitting there in the seat with a shower head over me. Equally as disgusting, people who do makeup on the train, you peasants. Why don't you get up a bit earlier and put your makeup on? It just looks so vile. Awful, awful. It's like people eating on trains. Ugh, disgusting. Really dreadful. You don't shouldn't eat on trains. It's a it's a mode of transport. It's not a blooming cafe. People sit there. I've seen people get Tupperware boxes out and start eating. You would do that. Not on my blooming train, you wouldn't. I'd have had you thrown out the window. I've taken your Tupperware box. Out. Yeah, I like that. Rubbish. Remember years ago, there was a bloke when, when uh, mobile phones were new and nobody had really seen them. There was a bloke on the train. Yes, I'm on the train at the moment. He was being quite loud. And, and this, this went on for, obviously, too long for one passenger who said, oh, is, is, is that one of the new mobile phones? And the bloke said proudly, yes, it is. Actually, it is one of the new mobile phones. 
and said, can I have a look at it? Yeah, there you go, look at it. Yeah. Feast your eyes on a bit of money. And uh, and he said, oh, it's nice. Is it insured? The bloke went, yes, of course. They threw it out the window. <laughs> Kept everybody quiet. Because people have these conversations. And what they're talking about, I've got no idea. I'm on the train. No, I've just wet myself. Um, I'm on the train, yes. I'm, I'm going to work like I do every day. OK, what else are you doing? I don't know. I'm just on the train. OK. What are you doing later on today? Probably have something to eat. I don't know. A friend of mine sent me a thing saying, he said, I've just been out to do shopping. I said, good Lord, hold the front page. Uh, I can't sleep, says Becky. You're eating too many sprouts. No, no, never eat too many sprouts. Uh, the building does have an unworldly visitor. Dave James O'Brien, says Jenny. True. Adam says, a bit chilly this morning. And um, what was the other one? Uh, best way to have sprouts, part boil them and do them with flaked almonds. Fish, no, it's, just do them in the water. And then they, they save all their goodness, and then you just sort of drain them off. Or if you're lucky, just let them go a little bit dry, which is good. Somebody says, do you like dark chocolate? It's very good for you. I'm not a chocolate person. I have eaten chocolate, quite clearly. I'm not that naive. But it uh, just doesn't do it for me. doesn't do it for me at all. Rachel says, the limited technology. I grew up in an era without it, and I'm glad. as I had a really good childhood. It makes us wonder how we manage. Well, we did things. We did things, didn't we? We went out and did things. Now people just sit on their telephones. You go onto any train nowadays... And you'll find everybody, practically everybody, on their mobile phone. There were three of us on our seats the other day, so four in total, including me. And um, and they were all on the phone. Everybody was on their phone. Ridiculous. And uh, is Aussie boy OK? Yep, he's fine. I saw him the other day, actually. Uh, Once I use Ryanair, never again. From beginning to end, it's a headache, says Jane. So she doesn't like it. And uh, Mike says, I finished Dale's book. I laughed and cried. You can't say he didn't have a full life. When he was made, they broke the mould. Yes. No, we did have a full life, but we've all had full lives. If you actually look at it, it's, it's, you know, we've all done things in our life. Well, I mean, the producer hasn't. But, I mean, he's sort of, I know you've done a few things, but you're only a child, aren't you, really? When you get a bit older, you might have crammed a few more things in. But he's in a choir. He sings, la, 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 la. And again, la, 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 la. And again, la, 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 la. And that's called singing, apparently, nowadays. yeah. I wasn't doing it in tune. I was doing an impression of you. I don't have to be in tune. If I was in tune, I'd go... La. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. I shan't do it now. I don't want to do it at all. Uh, would you like to interview the Beckhams? Done it. Been there. Bought the T-shirt. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, unlike your super producer's amusing beaver entertainment, I'm addicted, says uh, uh, to Steve Allen's big personality show from Leicester Square. There you go. It's Steve Allen's big show. Big show from Leicester Square. <laughs> Makes it sound quite interesting. Scott says, Southwest trains on strike for the next five days. How will that affect your travel? It won't. Because they're not completely taking all the trains out. There are, there are trains running. It'll just be a sort of a slightly limited service. But uh, I can use loads of trains to get home. And I don't need to worry about it. I could, if that fails, I can get a bus from, uh, from Trafalgar Square. Or if that fails, I can get a tube train, which takes me all the way to Richmond. And I just get a bus. So uh, to Southwestern... <laughs> Not going to screw up my day, pals, let me tell you. No worry in that department. I don't know what the, what the cancellations are. I shall, have a, I shall have a listen very, very shortly. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a very nice to have you company. Welcome along Tuesday. What an insult, says Big Kev, when robbers come to rob your place and they leave because you've got nothing worth nicking. I know, can you imagine? It'd be different if she'd come back and go, oh, I lost £3 million worth of jewellery. And we go, yeah, right, whatever. She never wears jewellery. Hardly anything. It's always a bit, you know, tatty. And uh, I've got a box of mince pies from Asda, says Sheila. 
And they've got vegetable suet in them. And they say vegan. I think most mince pies are the same. Oh, there you go. Which is nice. Uh, I recently witnessed somebody carefully plying herself with makeup on a train. She was at it for about 20 minutes, says Dolan. The transformation was amazing. All that time and effort, and she was still unattractive. Yeah, you feel like saying at the end of it, have you finished? God, you look exactly the same as you did at the beginning, dear. Hardly worth wasting everybody's time. Ghastly. Ghastly. Uh, also, Freddie Flintoff is notorious for his wild drinking escapades. How lovely. <laughs> Imagine, I haven't had a wild drinking escapade for ages and ages. Don't really want one, actually. Alcohol and fast cars. Great mix, says Dallas. And, um, and then Charles says, I can cope with you talking about sprouts, but as soon as you mentioned a ham sandwich, I was off to the fridge. I know. It's awful, isn't it? I quite like the idea of sort of going home and thinking, it should have sprouts now. And I think, is there a time when you can have sprouts and a time you can't have sprouts? Uh, as you're fascinated by the subject, have you not seen the series from National Geographic Channel? Having covered such things as the missing Malaysian aircraft, the Muda Triangle, the Pacific, all about uh, under-ocean volcanoes and earthquakes, the wrecks from the Battle of Jutland. And this Thursday, they're covering the Gulf of Mexico, which deals with the history of dinosaurs, because the Gulf is where the asteroid that caused their extinction is believed to have hit trade, slavery and war. Wow. I like that. There was also a National Geographic show featuring Russ Ballard, who was the guy who found the Titanic. I mean, that must have been a... What a day. What a day that must have been. Can't believe it, can you? And then, 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 a lot of people tell me about Freddie Flintoff. I've interviewed Freddie Flintoff. I've interviewed him. I interviewed him uh, quite a few years ago. Uh, the shaming of Ryanair as the storm over the passengers' racist rant grows. An MP warns he may dodge justice thanks to the airline's thirst for, thirst for profits. Well, it's, it's not a case of that. It's gone to the Essex police. And the Essex police will have to decide. I mean, to be honest with you, what you saw on the, on the YouTube and on the internet, was out-and-out out racism. Don't care who it was named against. It'd be like having a homophobic rant, wouldn't it? You know, not having you queers sitting next to me and that kind of thing. That would be equally atrocious. But, you know, racism like that on the plane. But luckily, we know what he looks like. Luckily, we know what he looks like. So we'll wait and see how it plays out, shall we? Because I, I can't wait. Do you know what kids take to school now? Tasers, knives and a pistol. That apparently is what pupils take to class in Wild West UK. Which is great. Uh, Five-day strike on the trains. So that's London's Waterloo. Busiest in Europe, I believe. Uh, Britain, sorry. Almost a third of services will be cancelled between today and Friday. So there you go. There's loads. They say here it'll hit thousands of rugby fans travelling to and from Twickenham. But of course they know that's what they've done it for. They're doing it to basically off, you know. People get very annoyed about it. Uh, an SWR spokesman accused the RMT of cynically targeting passengers. We always suffer... What do you mean cynically target? It's only to cynically target. We always suffer. It doesn't, doesn't affect the management. What would they worry about? It's us, isn't it? So, well done. You know, ingratiating yourself to the great British public yet again. Uh, Mick Cash says the dispute was about safety and preventing SWR from using a loophole that allows driver-only trains. But why are we being affected? I'm a passenger. Why am I being affected? I don't want to be affected by it. Can't you think there's something else to do? You know, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand. You know, why you want to affect us. The management couldn't give a toss. It's just us. Just us. Well, there you go. You can't explain to some people, can you? But uh, I shall still get home. All right, so some of them may, may be cancelled and some of them may be busier than usual. But luckily, we go to the RMT because we're stoic. We're, we're British. We've had this kind of thing before. We got through the war, thank you very much indeed. Nothing you can do can actually change it. Uh, millions love Joe Wiley and Simon Mayo solo shows, but they didn't, they didn't like the combination of the two together. 
So uh, they call it in the mail today a car crash on drive time. And uh, he's quit. She's going... Oh, she, she's going back to the old show, which is interesting. They're all very keen to sort of... Good Lord, what's that a picture of here? I'm looking at a picture here of um, Joe Wiley on Instagram, which was captioned... The picture was taken when I first started out in radio and was working for Radio 4. There's a picture of Clive Bull on this thing. Clive Bull's in this picture. Tony Blackburn... John O'Coleman. What were these pictures of? What were these pictures? I can't, can't work this out, actually. There's, there's a picture of Clive Bull on there from Radio 4. What would, that, what would that be about? I don't know. I've got no idea. It just says it's her post on Instagram. But it's definitely Clive Bull, as far as I know. And John Humphreys. And a few other people. And then there was um, Tony Blackburn's on it. I wonder who these people are. I can't work that out at all. But nevertheless, it's a, a double act. But uh, the critics and the listeners hated it. Mainly the listeners. It doesn't really matter what, what the critics say about somebody's uh, radio show or television show or something like that. It comes down to the audience. If the audience don't like it, they won't listen. And if they don't listen, and they can't get it right, can they? They couldn't get it right on Radio 1. You know, they've got a breakfast show hemorrhaging left, right and centre. And, uh, and they didn't, oh, it's fine. It's all on course. And then they eventually go, we've got to get rid of him. And so they shoved Nick Grimshaw into the afternoon where he might as well just destroy that one as well. Because if you're not a fan of somebody on the radio, you're not going to listen. It's not going to make any difference where somebody is unless somebody's got an audience that matches what they're being paid. And he wasn't. He didn't have an audience. It was, it was getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. You know, and they might as well just write it off completely. And then they have the Teen Awards, where they think Love Island is the best TV programme. You know, a programme that actively encourages people to have sex on television. That must be fantastic for their audience. Sure, people will be thrilled. Uh, also, 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 apparently life on Mars could be, forget little green men, a sponge. A sponge. I've got a sponge in the bathroom. I like a sponge. But uh, they say it could be a sponge-like creature, sort of like a microbe or something like that. This is from somebody at, uh, at a place, where is it? Oh, in America, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Woo. So, you know, when we say life on Mars, it means that it could be just a sponge-like creature, something that exists on air or, you know, anything like that. I don't mind, actually. Uh, Steve, the other morning, the woman sat opposite me, produced two hard-boiled eggs in a Tupperware box. As she opened the lid, the smell was awful. It actually made me feel sick. I had to get up and uh, move, at which point... She asked me what my problem was. That was at five in the morning. I'd have said to her, you're disgusting. Disgusting. Boiled eggs. Ugh. How revolting. That's even worse than putting makeup on. I didn't think there was anything worse. And these people, you look at them and you think, don't, I mean, do you do that all the time? When you go home on the train at the end of the day, do you start taking off the makeup? Who sits there doing that? I've seen people... You know, moving into first class when they're not supposed to be... Until the, 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 uh, the guard says, uh, uh, for those people in, in first class, you must have a valid first class ticket. And the door opens and out they all troop. You know, the peasants. You know, the, the ones who come... Oh, I thought I'd just go and sit in first class. Did you not recognise the one on the window? Why they don't play music, I don't know. We were in somewhere the other day. Where was I in? Somewhere and I thought they should play music. I thought they should play music. Just have something in, in the background. Where the dickens were we? We were in somewhere. Perhaps it was a dream. No, it was in where? Joe Allen's. No, they have music in Joe Allen's, thank you. <laughs> You'll never know. And um, where were we? Where there was no, there was sound. And I remember saying to somebody, they need to put some music on in here just to sort of take away the dullness. The dullness. 
what have we got here? We got. Oh, I'd love to do that story, but I can't. Happy birthday to Cat Dealey. She's forty-two today, and um, she's married to uh, Patrick Kilty, the comic who doesn't seem to age. Uh, also, Diana Dawes would have been her birthday. She was born nineteen thirty-one. Born Diana Mary Fluck. She was the uh, the UK's answer to Marilyn Monroe. She was lovely. I loved her. The amazing Mr. Blunden with her. And also Damonita Roddick. She died in 2007. She'd already given away her £51 million fortune to charity. Isn't that good? I envy people that can do things like that. I'd like to buy the usual accoutrements that come with it. And, uh, and then you give away to charity, which would be quite nice, actually. Uh, also, Pele. It's the birthday of Pele. 78. He's a footballer. What? What? You know who he is? All oh, right, you're a big fan of Pele. Oh well, big up the Pele, big up the Pele. And he, uh, he, he was. Do you know what his real name is? I bet you don't know his real. No, you don't. His real name is Edson Arantes Donascamento. There you go. Yeah, you knew that. Of course, you knew that because I, I told you about it. Uh, also, the scandalous social diaries in the paper today, and also for Diana's stepmother, Rain Spencer, Countess Spencer. Everybody hated her. She had this ridiculous hair. She worked at Harrods, I think. They just wanted somebody who was a bit titled. And uh, she was sort of rain. She was known as Acid Rain. Everybody hated her. Everybody hated her. It's as simple as that. And Diana sort of... And, and she sort of had this hair which sort of flowed out behind her. It was very much indicative of the, of the time. But there's still no, uh, no headstone. They've just got a simple cross with Rain Countess Spencer. Well, if nobody liked her, why would they bother putting anything else up there? Doesn't make any difference, does it? Prince William's friend... Ben Fogel seems to enjoy courting controversy. Look at how many celebrity awards there are, he opines. What's the point when we're all given enough adulation? Yes. His father, actually, has got an MBE as well. And uh, I like him. You've you've yet to hear him, haven't you, on In Conversation. You will, because he climbed Everest, uh, which is a lovely thing to do. I was never, Steve, a lover of sprouts, but Christmas dinner wasn't the same without them. Then I discovered if I mashed them with a bit of butter and salt, all of a sudden they taste lovely. Great way to get the kids to eat them. Yes, I agree with you. If you can get kids, you know, to eat things like that, well, then you're, you're halfway there. And I make says Brian, veggie mince pies for our bar in Bangkok. Use veggie suet in the filling and 100% butter in the pastry instead of lard. Aha! Sprouts and hummus. Hummus is delicious. I don't like hummus. I don't... I mean, really? God, I didn't question you being vegetarian, did I? Yeah. Hold your hand up like that. That frightened me, mate. But, uh, no, I don't like taras and either. I just love liver pate, but it's, it's so fattening. I can't begin to tell you. I have it about once every six months. And, uh, and then that, that's, that's it for about the next sort of six months to a year. Because I'm a good boy. Well, I like to be a good boy as well. And uh, whatever you do, Polly, don't mention the war. They're now doing the scripts from, uh, from uh, the um, Faulty Towers, which is still, still brilliant. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Professor Jonathan Chalit is currently enjoying the talents of the Kingdom Choir. I forget where they've gone to. He sent me a text the other day and I'd forgotten. But uh, he's off with the Kingdom Choir. Very nice indeed. Very nice indeed. And uh, what else have we got? I'm just checking sort of the news stories. And uh, I get a lot of... For some reason, don't ask me why, I get a load of sporting stuff somebody sends through to me. It must come through some, some, sort, of, uh, some sort of website on sport. I mean, because I'm the least sporty person you'll ever listen to on the radio. I mean, I couldn't do it if my life depended on it. 
It's like I did recommend to the producer, I said, perhaps we can sort of run round to the studio. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, God, honestly. Talk about moaning. It's dreadful. Dreadful. I was all up for it. I was like, come on, come on, let's do it. Oh, the Kingdom Choir in Australia. They're doing the uh, Australian... Yes, they're doing the Invictus Games as well. How nice. And then uh, Jonathan has had a brief moment of relaxation. Still looks smart. He's got his suit on and everything. I don't know if it's hot over there. Is it hot at this time of year in, in Australia? I don't know. There was a bit the other day I was reading. Whether it was true or not, I don't know. It was a review of Five, a group, and Bewitched, opening for Peter Andre in 2018. And then somebody sent me this this sort of piece at the end, which was very interesting because I didn't actually understand it. I didn't understand it at all. So there's all these groups doing this this tour. Noreen would know about things like this, although I, th- I suspect they are a little bit uh, too young for her. And at the very end of the concert, Peter Andre then then comes back on. So they, they, they've done a review of it, and uh, it sort of attracts loads of people because people want to see all these groups. But they say at the end of it... Now, where the Dickens is it? This is in Coventry. In Coventry, surrounded by Spice Girls wannabes in mini sequin union jack mini dresses and uh, and he he sort of does it or she does this review and then you've got two presenters who are doing the kind of thing and then you've got uh, thing they say plus a bit of banter promoting the peter andre set so the gig they say feels a bit like a cheesy pop conveyor belt they go and don't forget call your lady it's uh, peter andre is going to be here and so I, I carried on reading it because they, they, um, they did Blazing Squad. I mean, dear Lord above, they must look like old men dragging themselves across the stage. Me, yeah, the crossroads, crossroads. And, uh, but they, they, they got a lot of love from Marcel. And uh, apart from Crossroads, nobody knows the words to any of their songs. Don't know they had any other songs, really. And then they sort of... Oh, wait a minute. And then... Uh, they had Big Brothers on there. See, I don't know anything about Big Brothers. I've heard of them. And then Bewitched, Say uh, La Vie, da da da. That was one of their big hits. And Roller Coaster, which is lovely. And uh, they're a bit sweet. The band are pretty open about the reasons why this event has actually drawn a, oh, me, a good crowd. Oh, I've lost it now completely. Oh, dear, honestly. Which is a shame, isn't it? We're doing so well. And then all of a sudden you touch something on the blasted phone. Oh, wait a minute. Here it is. And, um, and then it... Um, and then it sort of gets reviewed. Unfortunately, Peter Andre didn't get the best review. They said he sort of came on at the... Oh, go away. He, he sort of came on at the end. But by that time, people had started wandering away. I thought you'd have hung around, wouldn't you, really? Uh, you know, people... Oh, go away, you stupid phone. Honestly, you do something and then... Oh, now it's gone completely. Uh, so here we are. So you've got Peter Andre doing his little sort of tour. And... Oh, Goodness me. And then they give him a bad review at the end. Because Peter, I mean, Pete must be quite old compared to most of the other people who are on this kind of thing. But the revellers were all there. It's just that at the time you've seen about the fourth group that aren't really together anymore, but they do this sort of thing here. It's a bit different. It's a bit different. Uh, E17 turned up. And in fact, uh, there were four members, but of course there's only three members of them now. And this particular reviewer didn't have the faintest idea who they were until you got the opening bars of Stay now, you know, which is that stay another day kind of thing, which is always good. And uh, and we like that, don't we? We like staying up. Do you know, this phone's beginning to annoy me beyond all belief. And so at the very end, you get Peter Andre on and they say most of the crowd had disappeared because he's only got the one hit. He's, he's an honorary Brit. So they had E17, 5, S Club, 3. That's all there is. It used to be S Club, 7, Bewitched and Blazing Squad, all on a single billing 
I mean, it's quite a quite a night out, isn't it? I suppose if you want to go and see these people, and then you can dance, you know, to to whatever's being played. And I quite like East 17. I thought their Stay Another Day video was one of the best I've ever seen. Uh, Blazing Squad, I always thought that just walking across the stage was a bit of an effort for them. So we weren't we weren't sure. Uh, and then you get, at the very end of it, you get uh, Bewitched, doing very well. And uh, they're, they're sort of still around, I suppose. And then after Bewitched, you get Peter Andre. You get Peter Andre. And and you go well. That's that's sort of quite a good idea actually, because P- Peter Andre is very popular because he's he's doing quite well selling out his his show next year. I did know about this one. I don't know why I didn't go and see it or anybody uh, send me a review of it. So in the end, I've got this one, which is great. So poor old Peter Andre. You've got five. Keep on moving. You see, I thought that was S Club Seven. Keep on moving to that funky funky beat. As I say, I don't do music, so there's probably a very good reason why. And then Peter Andre graces the stage. They say a true anticlimax for his closing slot. Conscious he's only got one hit, Mysterious Girl. Everybody starts leaving before the set has even properly started. I, for one, join the Andre sceptics outside of the venue and then bump into Bradley from S Club 3 in the car park. You're so famous, I say. Must be such a cynical person who's written this, which I quite like, actually. I think it's quite funny. Because Peter just sees himself as a pop star and plays celebrity. But, in fact, he's a, he's a bit David Beckham. Bit bit David Beckham, if you get my drift. Steve, guards help maintain safety. I think the union is right to keep guards. I don't care. I don't care. We've never had any issue on Southwest trains. I've never had any issue. It's fine. Somebody could, uh, you know... <sighs> Mark says, why are you worried about Nick Grimshaw leaving with appalling listening figures? One person's loss, another person's gain. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that completely. I appreciate... Don't don't worry, I always appreciate that. Always appreciate that. Have you seen the chocolate sprouts, says Amanda? Yeah, but they're not actually sprouts, are they? They're just uh, the round chocolate things. It's not the same. And also because I'm not a chocolate boy. I am not a chocolate boy. You would think I would be. I'm not. I'm not really. I'm. I'm. I'm more savoury. I prefer. I prefer savoury. Somebody sent me those chocolate sprouts, Amanda, the uh, the other day, which is uh, which was not the other day. The other the other year, I got them for Christmas. And Bish says, agree. Back pain, extremely unpleasant. But I've strained an intercostal lifting heavy shopping. That was last Thursday, and it's in a nightmare trying to get. Oh, don't tell me about it. I've had really bad back pain where you're frightened to move. You're in a position. You think I can't. I can't. It's almost like somebody's stabbing you with knives in the back. Absolutely awful. Bigger problems in the world, says Bish. So, you know, enough of my ailments. Don't listen. I do my ailments on a, on a regular basis. Uh, Lush, Steve, with snow on the way, I recommend Sainsbury's cream of tomato, orange and ginger soup with a piece of cheese melted in the middle and warm, crusty bread. Isn't there something exciting about warm, crusty bread? I used to eat bread a lot. Um, I don't eat bread very often now. Uh, because it's not good for me. So I, I try. I worked on the assumption ages ago that, you know, if you want to stop doing something, you can do it. It's not as difficult as you think. People say, you know, I know we've had this before millions of times, you know, giving up smoking. Oh, I couldn't give up smoking. It's impossible. Giving up. Listen, I managed to stop drinking and gave up smoking. Not obviously at the same time, but I mean, so I work on the assumption now that if that's about as bad as it gets, I can stop doing anything. You know, if you want to, if you want to stop doing something, you just stop doing it. I'm, I'd have thought if you'd said to me six months ago, "Oh, you'll just stop having prosecco," and then a friend of mine said, "She said, why don't you just drink on a Friday night, Friday and Saturday, and then and then leave it the rest of the week?" Well, actually, I've managed to go 
the whole week without having it. I'm drinking more liquids. I'm drinking more sort of, you know, milk and stuff like that, which I quite like. So, and I'm not, I'm not missing it, which I thought I would. I thought I would. Even my friend Paul yesterday didn't believe a word of it. He said, he said, you've given up drink. I said, yeah. He said, for how long? I said, I don't know. I'm not doing it as a competition, I don't think. I've just sort of managed it. And, uh, and Hillary, exactly the same in the office. She's sort of, oh, except the other day, I think she went back on it again, I think, for some reason. They always serve food in the train, which is great. Do they? Oh, I, do, I used to apply my lipstick, but you taught me not to, says Grace. I don't mean, they serve food in the train, not on our trains. We don't have any food in the trains. Long distance trains, you have somebody with a trolley, don't you? We, we don't get that. Not but we're any little local trains, bless us. We don't mind. Biggest ever win on the lottery on Saturday. Email came through. I was working, forgot about it, says Johnny G. I got 141 quid. Woo! That's good. I've not had a win for ages. He says, unfortunately, I have to keep driving my taxi and tending to my pineapple tree plantation. However, me and Teddy went to the harvesters last, harvester last night to celebrate. 141 quid. See, I look on that as, uh, that's good. Of course, you probably spent thousands getting to that stage, but it doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter. We can all be happy today, and I hope you're happy and feeling fairly good. The papers are full of some right dreary rubbish, I'm afraid, as they always are. But then who wants papers with good news in? That would be very boring. I'm Steve Allen. This is my early breakfast. Knockers are out, suspenders are up as well, and Melinda Messenger's back on the scene. And the question is, why? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Tuesday, 23rd of October, as we head towards the end of the month. And in the end of the month, there's pumpkins and carving them out and woo, ghoulies and witches and warlocks and all that kind of rubbish that sort of came over the pond from America. And we're stuck with it. Even Poundland has got, you know, oh, here's a fake spider's web. And then I suddenly realised when I was little, well, when I was, when I say when I was little, when I was about 12, 13, what, what was the biggest thrill? What was the simple thing that we, we derived pleasure out of? Going to the Boys and Girls Exhibition at Olympia. Most of you will remember it. And it was all stuff. And picking up a rubber snake. A rubber snake. And you put it down and go, oh, it's a snake, it's a snake. There we go, it's a rubber snake. And picking up a fake fried egg or a fake piece of doggy doos and stuff like that. That's what we amused ourselves with. But the fake rubber snake, if you bought a rubber snake, poof, blimey. You were you were you were top of the class. Everybody loved you. Nowadays they've all got computers and they've got mobile phones and the kids sit there. Even my godchildren sit there on their mobile phones. And I don't think it's possible for them to do anything else. That's what that's what they do and they're they're very good. Even my youngest, I mean, she was telling me how to use the mobile phone years ago. <laughs> she found stuff on my mobile phone I didn't even know was on there. Really? No, nothing like that. We don't do things like that. That's a bit a bit dated. Uh, they're bringing back bock, blockbusters. Bob Holness did blockbusters. And I remember we were in Gough Square and, uh, and he said that he'd got this game show, blockbusters, and they were recording. How many were they recording? Whatever it was, he was paid a daily rate. I can tell you this because I remember it to this day. And the daily rate, just supposing it was... £500 a day. And he kept thinking, wow, I mean, it, I, don't, I don't know what it was, so that's just made up, OK? Just saying £500 a day, whatever it happened to be. And, uh, and he was working out, if they were going to be working five days a week, this was a lot of money coming in because they did a lot of shows, a blockbuster. And then it turned out they were recording five shows a day. Five shows a day. So it actually turned out that it wasn't such great money after all. So by the time we got round to the second series, and Bob did it very well. I always remember Bob, you know, with great, great affection because he had this grey suit. You would smell his aftershave 
before you'd see him in the building. His his aftershave would he would wander through the newsroom downstairs in Gough Square, and you would you go Bob's in. You would know straight away. He must have thought I was mad, but I ended up doing doing the breakfast show with him uh, when Douglas went away. I was the newsreader. Douglas was the newsreader. And uh, and I did it as well, which was very exciting. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention that now because I'm still thinking about rubber snakes. I've got no idea why. So Stephen Hawking's old wheelchair is coming up for set. They're reckon about fifteen thousand quid. I would have thought you you could have given it to Madame Two Swords, and that would have been that would have been okay. Uh, also, 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 uh, the world's oldest intact shipwreck. I love that story. I, mean, I really do love that story, but they can't bring it up, so it's forever going to be marooned down there for another. 2,400 years. I mean, that must be an all-time record. But there again, the ocean floor must be littered with things, mustn't it? Absolutely, with shipwrecks and and stuff like that. Also, Super Nannies, the latest must-have item. They're not really, they've just decided that because Meghan and Harry have got one, that that's the latest must-have item, because people kind of copy it. Uh, The golden days of Indian summers are slipping away. We uh, were in Regent's Park Sunday morning, and we took some lovely pictures. I mean, really lovely pictures of of the sun coming through the... I mean, it looks stunning. You'd never believe it was Regent's Park. It was lovely. All All the doggy lovers were out there. As indeed they are every single day. Front page of the Daily Mirror, and I've just spoken to her in the kitchen. I've just spoken to Vic Hope not five minutes ago, and I said, I'm gutted. I'm gutted. I think she's gutted as well, because uh, I thought she did really well. And uh, they've said it's strictly unfair. She's lovely, absolutely lovely. So, uh, But, you know, she lives to fight another day. She lives to fight another day. So she's front page of the day. I can't believe it. I see these things on the papers, and then I just see them. And then she was round the corner. We were in the kitchen together. My new bezzy mate kind of thing. You know, I could say that, actually. I don't think I'm really her bezzy mate at all. But she's in the same building and she's perfectly pleasant and perfectly lovely. Um, 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 Soper Troopers getting their gongs. I think that's a play on Super. I tell you what I watched on um, YouTube. Producer would love this one as well. It's so funny. The um, American Gay Men's Chorus uh, singing, I'm going to wash that man right out of my hair from South Pacific. But unfortunately, it's got a line about about women in it and they just all pause at the same time, you know, looking for a... And they all look at each other. <laughs> it's really good. They're very good. Have you ever seen them? They're very good. They're in a choir like yours. It's just that your, your choir isn't all gay and they're all gay in it. So it's sort of... It's, but they were very funny. Some of it's very funny. They're able to take the mickey out themselves, which I like. Uh, more pictures on Vic. And uh, here she is. She's page nine of the Daily. Good Lord, honestly, getting loads of coverage on this. Loads of coverage. And I thought she looked amazing. She's ever so pretty. I mean, I was pretty when I was her age. I was pretty. I mean, she's so young. She's so young. So she's got loads to play for. Loads to play for. Day two of Noel's bizarre experiences. It shouldn't happen to a super vet. This is this man who's very clever on the television. Very clever. He's the most famous vet in the country. He uh, featured in a programme called The Supervet. He seems to to get animals back. Do you know the one thing they don't tell you, though, which I really want to know? How much do these operations cost? You know, somebody will take their dog in, which has been run over by a truck or something, and he puts them back together. And, and you think to yourself, that's fantastic. I mean, it really is fantastic. Whichever way you look at it, it's very, very clever. Absolutely fantastic. But how much does it cost? What bill? I mean, our animal lovers are sort of... You need to have insurance. If you've got a pet, get insurance. Because otherwise things can go horribly wrong and the, and the bills can mount up really, really badly. Record number of pedestrians knocked down and injured by mobility scooters. Because they're drunk. 
That's what it is. In Wawan, we've got a couple in Twicken. They drink in the pub. They leave the mobility scooter outside the pub. They go in there with a skinful. I mean, you can be drunk in charge of a mobility scooter. Also, parts of Malaga expected to be declared disaster zones. And friends of Aunt McParkland fear his divorce from Lisa is going to turn nasty. Or just that she knows everything. She knows. I mean, I don't know what we could learn. I mean, I'm just being a bit, a bit mischievous. One of my favourite words at the moment. Uh, somebody says, is it true you're going into I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here? Do you know, I mean, I, I really wouldn't be remotely interested in doing any reality show or anything like that. I'll tell you for why. A, I don't need the money. You know, I'm sure we could all do with a little bit extra. It sounds a bit <coughs> facetious that I don't need the money. But no amount of money would get me onto a programme like that. I couldn't care less. Couldn't care less. Why would you want to go on there and eat strange things when I can sit here and eat strange things? I just don't want to do it. Wouldn't be remotely interested. No amount of money. And I mean, no amount, unless they're going to offer somewhere like 100 million. Did you say pineapple tree plantation? Pineapples grow from the ground, don't they? Says Debbie and Simon. Um, I don't know, actually. I, don't, I can't remember how, how pineapples grow. But uh, Johnny G's got his own plantation. That's all I can tell you. It's like banana trees. They only fruit once, don't they? Banana trees. And then you have to you, you plant another banana tree. But I think actually the pineapple is uh, it grows out of the middle. It comes on a parent plant, and 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 it it just grows out of the middle. So it starts of it, what what looks like a flower to you ends up you know looking like a pineapple. I quite like pineapple, but it's it's not much good for diabetics. But that's how it grows. It looks like it's it's the flower, and then you sort of grow it, and then you. They have machetes and they cut them down and, and we eat pineapple. That's it. Johnny G's got his own agenda with this one. So I can't help you on that. Halloween originated from Ireland over 2,000 years ago. The Celtic Festival of Samhain, says Linda and Tadworth. The famous quote on blockbusters was, can I have a pee, please, Bob? Yes, always had the audience tittering. Yeah, Bob always played it totally straight. Totally straight. It was <laughs> very funny. Uh, morning, Steve. Benefits of cucumbers. Apparently... They relieve joint pain, arthritis or gout, reduce, reduce cholesterol, uh, promote digestion, prevent headaches, fights cancer, rehydrates and remineralizes the body. Huge silica... I'm bored already with it. Cures diabetes. I think not. I think not. I think not. I love all these things. You can read anything on the internet. You know, and cucumbers, very good for curing diabetes. No, it isn't. Uh, Steve, the vet you're talking about, my friend had to take their, uh, their dog... Who sadly had to have the leg amputated. He created a new metal leg. The bill was 14000 No, no. That's why you'd have to have insurance, isn't it? I'm assuming if you're, if you're, if you're you know, using somebody's immense talent to do something like that. Because animal lovers would never... There was a dog that was on the television. I don't know if it was one of his. But the back legs ceased to work. So they, they created a, like a trolley behind. So the back legs were fitted into this sort of trolley. And the dog was running. It loved it. All of a sudden he could go places. I'm not at all surprised, 14,000. You hear that for... You know how much it is to do all your teeth, if you have all your teeth done in your mouth? 30,000 could be about average. £30,000. Ridiculous, isn't it? And here we go. Uh, Nana says, I just had my Whippet's teeth cleaned. He had three extractions. It cost me £800. But worth every penny. See, people do that, don't they? You know, it's like taking your goldfish in if it's not swimming as it should be and you can have them sort of looked at. So I, I quite like that idea. But it, but you're right. It's an awful lot of money. 800 Whichever way you look at it. I mean, we wouldn't spend that on my Aunt Enid. 
I mean, seriously, you know, bless her heart, she does her best. But she's in a home now, and she's ha- she doesn't know where she is because we've we've paid extra for medication. And uh, so, you know, she wakes up in the morning. She's a bit like a goldfish. She looks around the room. She's never seen it before. And so, you know, but we we always do the same every year. I mean, it's become like a, a standard joke in the family with Auntie Enid, who's featured in so many of my shows. And uh, and she's still going every day, every every year. Eight, April the 1st, we used to go round there. We'd go, come on, come on, Enid, we're going home now. And she'd pack a little case and go and stand down in the hall. And then we'd all go, April fool. And she'd have to go back up to her bedroom again. It was it was quite good. But no, she's quite happy. The other time we fitted her with elastic. And we got her as far as the front gate, and then we just let her go. And she pinged back to the shop, sort of like swing ball. It was great fun, actually. But uh, no, only joking. Bless her heart. Though, as I say, she is still with us, but as I say, she is heavily medicated. All she knows is sawdust and uh, cold steel potties, and that's about it. There's no point in, in, in sort of, you know, exciting about it. And she doesn't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. As long as she knows that we're sort of still looking after her and paying the horrendous bills. I've never known anybody that costs so much in a in a... In a home. I wouldn't mind if she ate anything, but good Lord, I've got a producer that eats more than uh, than she does. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome along to Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. Coming up 6.20, Tuesday morning. And uh, looking at your uh, your vet cost, it's absolutely astronomical. I'm not surprised you have to take out insurance. And uh, Marilyn says, on SuperVet, he puts Manuka honey on the animal's wounds to heal quicker. Hello? Hello, I am living proof. When I did my burns, I was covered in manuka honey. They would put manuka honey on and then put the bandages all the way around my body because manuka honey is a healant. Got to be manuka, though. And in fact, they have... I've still got some in the bathroom at home. Little tubes of manuka honey, which they use in the burns unit. Seriously. I mean, so it comes as no surprise to me. You can buy manuka honey uh, plasters, bandages, you can get everything Manuka honey. Apart from the stuff you stir into a cup of hot water with a bit of turmeric. Only a little bit of turmeric. Not too much, otherwise it tastes yucky. And uh, and it cures all sorts of things. So for burns, I showed my producer my, my burns the other day. I've, I've healed quite nicely. This was a stitch on my chest, but I've got a burn on my arm. That had Manuka honey on. And they, they, they give it to you to take away. So for using it on animals... You know, it, it heals quicker. You can buy it for feet, all sorts of things, as I say, as well as, as, well as eating it. But uh, it's very interesting when you look at the, at the cost of all these things. You know, I remember somebody saying years ago, we just took, took the dog in for its injections, and it was like £150. And people go, quite normal, quite normal, Steve. So, you know, that's it. Uh, Jan in Lincolnshire says, Asda are selling cheese advent calendars this year. I don't eat chocolate either, so they're right up our street. Well, actually, the funny thing is, I don't really do cheese either. Because cheese is really fattening. Chocolate, I'm not, I'm not bothered about. I've had chocolate. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not some sort of Mother Teresa kind of figure where I go, oh, I, I definitely wouldn't eat chocolate. I've had chocolate. I, I prefer, a dinner quality street I could be quite happy with, but only like the soft ones. Funny, isn't that? I don't like anything hard. It's only got to be soft. You know, if they're soft, I, I, on my tongue, uh, I, I just wait for it to melt. And then I have to try and guess the flavour. Generally, the wrapper gives it away, doesn't it? Uh, Helen says, I have a friend who's taken her dog several times to the super vets. Uh, to, to the super vets. Last bill two weeks ago, £6,000. Insurance, very necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very, very necessary. You have to do it. You have to do it because it's it could eat you out of house and home. And you're not going to go, oh, I think we'll have the dog put down or the cat put down or something like that. Although I did see him putting a cat down once. And the family were in there as well. He said, I want you to be here. 
And I thought that was really quite sweet because most we're rubbish at that, aren't we? Aren't we rubbish at that? We don't like doing it. They go, oh, no, I couldn't do that. It's like my friend's dog, Lou, who's featured on some of my shows before. Two years ago, she was given, like, the last rights. I mean, she should have she should have pegged out ages and ages ago. And here she is. Admittedly, she's half blind and totally deaf. So she hasn't got the faintest idea what's going She makes my auntie Enid look as though she's, she's really sort of in the marathon. But, uh, no, but, I mean, she gets there. Sometimes you have to pick her up because she just stands there staring into the distance. It's, it's you know, it's one of those things, isn't it? But, uh, and I, so I, I told you, I, I said to my friend, I said, you're going to get another dog when this one goes. He said, no, no, that's it. That's it. It's such a commitment having a dog. You've got to take them walkies. You've got to go out. You've got to look after them. I saw a woman the other day, I told you, mad as a broomstick. She's cycling along. She's got a dog inside her coat, a little chihuahua with the head poking out. Talk about, if she fell, the dog would be killed instantly. But luckily, the local Starbucks are banned dogs. You don't dog, you have to stand outside, I'm afraid. It's just not, not very good at all. So, uh, sorry about the expense, but it does, it, you don't find poor vets nowadays, do you? Rona says, recommendations for an annoying cough. I've tried loads of stuff. The, family gave, the pharmacy gave me Cavonia. It's not chesty, thankfully. It's ticklish and is worse at night. I caught it from some wretched young baggage on the bus. Driving me mad. Um, well, I, te- I had Manuka honey. I have to tell you, it's not cheap. It really is not cheap. But once you've bought it, it does last for a while. And I tended to find a spoonful of Manuka honey. You need something to soothe. Anything, you know, coughs. I've had it on this programme. I've had them most years, actually. And it's just one of those things. Because I talk for a living. And talking means that you exacerbate the situation. And so either Manuka honey with a little tiny bit of turmeric, and I mean a tiny bit of turmeric, just to add to it, stir it up and sip it. And uh, that was the thing that worked for me. Everybody's got different things. I can have cough mixture, but it's got to be sugar-free because I'm diabetic. So uh, try that. But at the end of the day, you know, you could probably gargle with salt water. What you're trying not to do is irritate the uh, the nodules at the back of your throat. That's the thing that gets there. And sometimes you can feel a cough coming on, can't you? You'll be sitting there thinking, oh, I'm going to cough. I'm going to need to cough. And you do cough. I can remember my boss saying to me, he said, oh, I need to take a couple of days off, Steve, to get rid of the cough. Because you can't do a speech programme when you've got a cough. So I don't have the answer. I don't have the antidote. But I had a recommendation for you. And that's about as good as it gets. Uh, Vic Hope makes the front of the Express today. Did Strictly stitch me up, says Vic. I think she'll get something else on the back of that. I really do. Uh, Also, fans round on the BBC after Mayo and Wiley leave Radio 2's drive time slot. They can't admit, can they, that they make mistakes. That's the trouble with the BBC. They cannot admit they make a mistake. You know, keeping old what's-his-face on the breakfast show was a mistake. They should have just admitted it. You know, bitten the bullet and gone, all right, made a mistake, let's let's try changing something. Because, you know, in this day and age, audience figures are very important, as we'll all discover on Thursday. Because that's when we know whether we've got, you know, the thing. Every time we all go through it, people say to me, why are you worried about it? I said, always worry. Always worry. Otherwise, that means you're complacent. Otherwise, that means you think, oh, I don't need to do anything else to improve things. That's what it is. That's what it comes down to. This is the indicator as to whether or not people are listening to the programme. And don't ask me how it works. People always ask me, where do they get the figures from? And I've got, listen, Christmas crackers as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, as long as it always looks good, as long as the boss is happy, that's what it's about. But, you know, if something's going off the boil, like their, their breakfast show did, then you have to change it. You can't keep fobbing it off going, oh, it's going in the direction. that we No, it wasn't. It was it was petering out. It was a disaster. 
As I say, we'll wait and see what happens in the... This, they do, they love those headlines for the newspapers, you know, Radio 1 hemorrhages, two and a half million people on Breakfast Show and all that kind of... They love that, that sort of headline. They do. Uh, Ray says, most Manuka honey is fake. Well, it depends where you buy it from. You have to buy it from, a, from a, an acknowledged place. I mean, I've, I've bought mine in my chemist goods and they also sell it in uh, the other place. Uh, Holland and Barrett, but uh, there is proper. There is a lot of fake manuka honey. I would assume if you're buying it in a in a in a market or something like that, you're just buying honey. They just put a label on it saying it's manuka because manuka can only come from New Zealand. It can only come from there, and that's why it's so it's so expensive, so expensive. I mean, ridiculous. I think I paid fifty quid for a jar of it once, and I remember thinking, God, blimey! I tell you, you need a need a third mortgage, don't you, to try and uh, sort it all out. But uh, it is. But there is a lot of fake. But there's fake everything. Fake washing powder. Fake tablets. You go to South Africa, you go to some of the markets there where people need medication. Most of it's fake. Most of it's fake. Bit difficult, really. Uh, 84850, uk. Uh, drug gangs torment a city, but not a single dealer faces justice. They can't do anything, can they? They've got no idea. We can't even get rid of people out of the country who are paedophile perverts who've raped children. We can't get rid of them. Can't get rid of them. They always find some sort of excuse. I think my idea was much, much better. Uh, Prince Charles hated boxing. This is um, part of a, uh, a book called Who's In, Who's Out? The Journals of Kenneth Rose, Volume 1, 1944 to 1979. And he talks about everything including the fact that the uh, uh, the royal family thought that uh, Charles could be gay because he didn't like boxing. I mean, by, by that very same token, Prince Edward couldn't stand it in the Royal Marines. He didn't do anything. And people say, well, he's obviously gay. He's the only one in the royal family whose marriage has survived. Seriously. They've never had any... Any outpouring? They've never had anything at all. They've never split up. There's never been any, any talk of any shenanigans, has there? Nothing at all. And yet the rest of the, the family, I mean, they are a family who are slightly dysfunctional. And that's, uh, that's an understatement. Uh, plus TV's funniest moments. You know, scripts from uh, Les Dawson. Uh, Les Dawson used to love dressing up as a woman and he'd sit there with uh, Alec Gilroy. And, uh, and, and, and Les Dawson, who, you know, they used to do it, Sissy and Ada over the fence. And Les says, I took Bert to the zoo. And then Ada says, did you lead him by the baboon? She said, no, we just held hands. And it was that kind of humour. It was, it was the double entendre humour. And their scripts are in the paper today. And they've got them from uh, Yes Prime Minister. They've got them from all these different places. In fact, uh, Germany was the first country to remake Faulty Towers. Did you know that? First country. With Manuel turning into Igor or Igor, an, uh, an equally loyal but inept waiter from the ex-Soviet Union. And yet we can still watch them. Whatever you do, Polly, don't mention the war. You know, and it, was, it was stuff like that that kept us laughing. They've never made anything since. Never made anything since that has ever rivalled it. Because things are good. The nearest you get is sort of Ricky Gervais, who became very, very innovative. Very clever. Although, actually, I watched his language the other day, very rude about, and I would have been equally rude, but I can't do things like that. Um, when he saw somebody who'd been over to South Africa shooting an elephant for no reason, just shooting an elephant. And then he also shot some baboons with a bow and arrow, a whole family. I mean, seriously, you know, you, you don't even want to know what I want to do to this man. You really don't. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. My dad's visit 
Uh, sorry, my visits to Dad. I, do make, I thought we were doing a vet story again. Uh, says Frank, have become weekly, so I now have double the pleasure of your company. Thinking about pet insurance for my Bengal cat called Roman, even though he thinks he's a human, the NHS will not accept him. I shall send you a picture. You've got to get pet insurance. I mean, seriously, you've absolutely got to get pet insurance. It's, it's amazing. And uh, from Julie, she says, I've got three cats. We listen to you every morning. They belong to the VIP club at my vet. I pay £10 a month each, and that covers injections, flea and worm treatments. I get their claws clipped and 10% off any ops or meds. Charlie recently had a dental clean, two extractions, £420. He's now got a Hollywood smile. Fantastic. I must thank my friend Mike Osborne. I said weeks and weeks ago, I was trying to find, you know, this bow tie pasta. I couldn't find it anywhere, and he bought it for me weeks ago, and his wife said to him the other day, are you going to take this stuff in? And he, and he kept forgetting, so I've got it today. A versatile pasta that works well in salads. I'm so excited, honestly. People are so kind. People are so kind. I think you get to a certain age, and people are kind. I've decided, actually, it's going to be my New Year resolution. Not. Uh, you know, be be nicer. Be nicer. And I, I can't do it. I can't do it. There's so many things that annoy us all. It's not just me. Everybody's the same. Everybody's the same. I like the idea of a cat having a, a Hollywood smile. My friend's got two cats, and she refers to them, as most of you do, as her babies. And and I said, why don't you take a two-week holiday? She said, I can't leave my babies for two weeks. And they said, even though they don't really do anything for her, they just provide that, that little bit of company that people like nowadays. Uh, honey's been used a little while as an antiseptic. The Egyptians used it about 3000 BC. Why do people always go back into the past? The Egypt- Who cares what the Egyptians did? They used to, you know, uh, oh, it doesn't matter. It's ridiculous. Uh, see, pet insurance is so useful. I agree. And somebody also says that Vic on the bottom of your feet with socks on in bed stops coughing. How that works, I've got no idea. Vic Vapor, you ever tried Vic Vaporub? I used to love it. I'd rub it on your chest, like an embrocation. Or failing that, you could put a little bit on your pillow, can't you? They do a, I think they do a spray. I'm pretty certain they do a spray. I quite like the smell, but there again, my favourite smell is calamine lotion. Everybody else thinks it, but I like calamine lotion, which is, which is quite good, actually. Uh, but beware, you can only join a pet insurance when your animal is reasonably young, says Ulrika. I seem to remember for our latest pet, she needed to be younger than six years. We rescued her when she was nine. Oh, no, you can always, always get uh, get insurance. They'll always do it. It might be a different rate, but uh, definitely, definitely you can get insurance. I know that because a friend of mine's got insurance on a, a very old animal. Uh, why do you add turmeric to Manuka honey? Because it kind of works for a cough. I don't know why. Little tiny bit. Only t- the end of a teaspoon. Little, oh, you know, smidgen of it. You know, well, you know. Not, put it this way, not half a teaspoon, not a quarter of a teaspoonful, but less than that. And you just pour that into the Manuka honey and, uh, and, you, and you do it. Somebody says, it's been given terrible reviews. It was on a BBC News report. Normal honey works exactly the same. No, it doesn't. I can guarantee it doesn't work exactly the same. Otherwise, the NHS will be using normal honey. So it's only Manuka honey. So ignore any idiot that says uh, normal honey works the same way. It doesn't. I promise you. Uh, Steve says, Dan, I'm sure your listening figures will be fine. If they did move you, your morning following would be like lost children in a supermarket. I don't even know where I'd go. Yes, no, fear not. I fear you have me for a few more few more years yet. If I visit somebody who's been unwell, I take Manuka honey. And yes, only get from Holland and Barrett. They sometimes do buy one, get another half price, says Marilyn. I recommend to buy now for the coming winter. But uh, yeah, always buy from an established place. But uh, only Manuka honey. It's the only one that has a number value on it. I mean, I bought from Costco and Aldi 
good value. But uh, there's also medical grade stuff too, but not to be consumed. I have the medical stuff. I've got it for my burns, which is great. Uh, do you know if Princess Eugenie's new husband eats granola and says yeah? Don't think so. He's a barman, wasn't he? I don't think he's particularly interesting to anybody. Uh, and somebody else says here. Oh, that was the oh, same thing about the manuka honey. It's amazing how many how many people use manuka honey. Very good. Very very um, remedial for those people who are ill, but it's got to be Manuka. And that's why there's so many fakes out there, because it's so good, people can afford to put just any old label on there. So make sure you get it from a recognised place, and it's official, and it's sealed. The lid has got to be sealed and everything else, because there's lots of people willing to cheat you in this world. Like people sort of saying, ordinary honey is the same. It absolutely isn't. It really isn't. Shame, really, when people sort of get a little bit uh, bit delusional about it. So, uh, Posh and Bex are at war, or are they? Is this just a media scandal where they can sort of go, oh, they're at war. I mean, are they eventually trying to push it? I mean, I believe, I believe wholeheartedly myself, they have separate lives. I'm totally of the opinion that she goes off and does her sort of stuff. He does his faffing around, going out to get a milkshake or a coffee or a pizza or something like that with Brooklyn or whichever child is available. And then eventually they might come together. But I think most of the time she's away. And I think he often goes away as well. And it seems to work for them. I don't, you know, I couldn't really care less you know, whether the marriage splits, it's nothing to do with me. It's their their marriage, if, they, if they're going through a problem with it. And they've had more problems with him than with her. He's always the one they've gone, oh, Beckham did this. and But he sort of thinks, because you know the language when he didn't get the knighthood. Why? I can't imagine. Well, I know why they didn't give him the knighthood, because you just can't. He, he comes with history. You know, they all go around, they go, oh, you know, famous footballer. That was years ago. Years ago. It's all finished. It's moved on since then. But I love the way that at their empty house in the Cotswold, they have a security team. I mean, you know, a security team who sort of chased away the burglars who didn't actually nick anything from them and didn't really have anything to nick because there was nothing in the house. I mean, you can't walk out with a settee. They're not looking for things like that. They're looking for computers. They're looking for phones. They're looking for all sorts of things. Like it was also, obviously, the Beckhams didn't have it. And then they got chased away by their security. And apparently that was one of the reasons that she was in tears for two days. And uh, Dan says, people sending you in food parcels. It's like Harvest Festival. It is now I've got the bow tie. I can't wait to eat this later on. I seriously can't wait. I've got just the sauce that goes with it as well. It's mushroom. Yum, yum, yum. Uh, vegan alternative for Manuka honey? I uh, don't think so. No. Why would there be a vegan? It is vegan, isn't it? It's honey. It's, it's, yeah. I don't know. Why would it not be? I'm sure it's all right for vegan, vegetarians, things like that, isn't it? It's a natural product. Isn't it okay? They don't add anything to it, as far as I know. Perhaps made by bees. Oh, I don't know. Equal rights for bees, I think. We might better get onto the bee union, find out what they're actually doing with it. I don't know. And uh, Chris says, on way back from the Covent Garden flower market, nine elms. Stop it. There is no Covent Garden flower market. Went out years ago with my fair lady. He said, I bought a lot of bits and saw some great Christmas decos you'd love. Oh, nothing surprises me more. Uh, definitely not. And uh, somebody says, pet insurance is good, but read the small print. Nobody reads the small print. Nobody reads. Does anybody read the print on anything nowadays? Somebody gives you something to sign. I have a contract quite clearly for here. At Global. And it's pages. I've never read it. I've never read it. Seriously, I've got no idea. What it says in it, it could say, you know, you will take your clothes off and dance around a maypole on the third day of each third month or something. I don't know. I've never read that bit. Never read that bit at all. Don't really care. Every year, says Connie, the cold season makes me feel miserable because I hate it. Already it's cold and I'm worried what it's going to be like over the next three months. 
Did I hear you say we can have the coldest winter this year? Lots of hot tea to drink. Yes, lots of hot tea to drink. Lots of hot tea. I'll tell you what else you can have as well, which is sort of one of those things. I know a lot of elderly people. A Bovril cube. You just get a Bovril cube and you sort of crumble it up into a cup of hot water. And it's like sort of beefy Bovril. And it's actually, it's actually quite nice. I used to have it years ago when, you know, I was sort of thinking I'm going to get that. Uh, Hector says he won't get a knighthood until he stops avoiding tax. Well, I don't think he's avoided tax. I don't know about the tax. I know about the, the driving thing. We know about the, the speeding and stuff like that. The trouble is, why should you have to give him a knighthood? Who is he? He's just a, an overpaid footballer. There's nothing more to him than that. Uh, just a thought, Manuka's an antibacterial. Also killing the good things living inside us. I've got no... Listen, if, if you worried about everything, you wouldn't move outside your front door. I always say to people, they say, oh, you couldn't have that. That's very bad for you. you go, well, don't go out then. Don't go out. Just stay in, draw the curtains and, uh, and don't do anything at all. I love it. I love it. I, I love all those sort of things. So whether it's antibacterial, I've got no idea. All I know is it's very good for you. I think the bees know that. I think the bees know that Manuka honey is very good for you. Uh, Tony Hadley wants to sing in space. And apparently Tim Peake has suggested they do a duet in orbit. Quite like that idea. That's a good one, isn't it? And uh, what was the other story I quite liked in the paper today? Oh, this is um, Morrison's facing a mega leak fine. They, say they lost a legal fight over a huge data hack. And uh, a group of 5,518 ex and current employees brought the claim after Andrew Skelton, a senior auditor at the group's Bradford headquarters, stole the data. He was jailed for eight years. So people, you know, it could cost... Uh, could cost dear. Uh, also, neighbours say their lives were blighted by a flat with more than... How many Romanians crammed into it? Twenty. Twenty people crammed into a flat. It was a boarded-up shop. Somebody said the stench is appalling. And uh, so now they've issued advice to the landlord, who's a GP. All these landlords, I tell you, there's more corrupt landlords than anything else. You know, people go out there. They're just looking to exploit people. That's all it is. Sarah said, good to have pet insurance. Try making a claim. It makes you feel like a criminal. Well, they want a check. I watched a programme on the telly yesterday. Some bloke who, in fact, no, it wasn't. It was a woman. And she put in a claim with her insurers for an accident. And all the people in her vehicle, and there seemed to be quite a few people, had suffered whiplash. Which is, which, is, which is the biggest fraud that goes at the moment, whiplash. You can't prove it at all. And so, um, and so all these people put a thing in. Anyway, the insurance company went, wait a minute. They found the area and it turns out it's got a CCTV camera looking onto it. They rehearsed the accident. So 99% of the people who were fraudulent dis, uh, dis, decided to discard the claim, except the woman who was driving, who was a crook. And in the end... They proved that she'd staged the accident deliberately because they'd, they'd rehearsed it. Then she'd just driven off with the other person. And so they, they, they took her to court. And they proved there's a new law that's come in, which means if you can prove that somebody has lied over an insurance claim, you can get all your money back. They took her to court and this poor old baggage, who frankly shouldn't be allowed on the road, got fined £11,500. I laughed like a drain. Best thing ever. So just beware. If you're putting in... We had a bus service in Birmingham. The bus crashed into the back of a car that had stopped suddenly, which means the person behind is at fault, which was the bus driver. 13 people on the bus put in for whiplash claims. There were only two passengers. The rest were just fraudulent. So the insurance companies didn't pay up for that either. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. 
Morning, nine to seven, nine minutes to seven. Uh, Wendy says, glad to hear Auntie Enid is still with us. Yeah, unfortunately, she doesn't know that. My poor Auntie Enid. I mean, the bewildered world of sort of drugs and everything else. Uh, has she had her flu jab? I don't think it's really... It, it, to put it this way, she, she gets a cold most years. And it makes no difference. She's confined to her bedroom. She's not allowed to mix with other people there because she spends her life sneezing and everything else. So it's really a waste of time. Uh, I put runny honey and brown sugar in my morning tea. Oh, right. Just found a couple of sugar ants floating in the top. So I checked the sugar bowl. No ants. Looked in the honey jar and found a couple of hundred of them in the honey crawling up the side. Woo! That's a bit scary, isn't it? Ants. And this time of year as well. (laughs) Uh, Mark's a Yorkshire man living in Essex, working in Cambridge. God, you must be confused, mustn't you, really? Steve Allen, 6.20 this morning, talking about... Yes, thank you. (laughs) Had all the old gags, haven't we, this morning? You've got to do them. You've got to do them. I'm trying to do a radio programme. Well, I say trying to do a radio programme. Steve, I've got the rotten cough and sore throat. What do you find helps? Not talking is always very, uh, very popular. Uh, Steve, they sell the bow tie pasta, says Barry in the Italian deli in Church Street in Twickenham. It's all happening in Twickenham at the moment, isn't it, really? But uh, very kindly, when there are people like Mike Osborne around you know, who who thinks of these things. He hears it on the programme and then he brings it in because he works in the building. So that's, that's nice, isn't it? I like it when people do nice gestures. Yeah, I, I do nice gestures for the producer, like talk to him. And um, and there are all sorts of other things. I think it's quite nice, actually. It's very, it's very sort of, it's quite friendly round here, isn't it? I don't think it's sort of not friendly. Most, most, most programmes seem to have a nice time. We have a nice time in the morning. Front pages of the papers. I know you're desperate to find out what it is. Well, it's uh, it's the saboteurs out to knife Mrs May, which is on the front page of the Daily Mail. Uh, also, they've they've tested people's stuff and uh, and discovered that in people's stuff they found plastic, and apparently we seem to eat plastic on a daily. Well, where? How are we eating plastic on a daily basis? I've never heard of it. It's the first um, first experiment they've ever done to find out uh, exactly what we're eating. And we're eating plastic. Which is very odd, isn't it, really? I wasn't aware. I don't know. Are we supposed to have it fricassee? Or just sort of lightly sort of... T- Do you know what? The only thing I've never cooked with? Garlic. The only thing I've never cooked with. I don't know why. I've never cooked with it. Uh, on the move, car crash at drive time, they say, as Simon Mayo walks out on Radio 2. One wonders where to. Red sky at night, an autumn delight. It does look beautiful, those, uh, those, red, those red skies. There's something nice about it, isn't there? You can always get excited about this country when you see pictures like that. Uh, Vic Hope, front page of the Express, front page of the Mirror as well, did Strictly Stitch Me Up. I saw her in the kitchen earlier on. In the kitchen. Makes it sound like we're cooking and stuff like that. But uh, she's fine. But I said I'm gutted that you're out. And I think she's a bit disappointed as well. Parliament unites to end the army witch hunt. Scores of MPs and peers demand legal protection for Ulster veterans. Uh, The uh, Sun this morning, posh and Beck's at war. I mean, whether it's with each other, I've got no idea. The papers have quite clearly got it in for them. They're, They're determined to eventually push them apart. But as I say, they are apart they come together for photographs. They look as miserable as sin. You'd think that they'd get off the flight chatting away and all that. You know, like normal people. But, of course, they're not normal. Because, you know, we've never seen the kids go to school. Brooklyn can't manage to even tie up his own shoelaces, I shouldn't imagine. Didn't manage college. Didn't manage anything. Homesick. I mean, he's a bit of a bit of a mummy's boy, I suspect. Uh, Megan gives Oz a die full because she's wearing a dress with a split up the side. 
I mean, it's just another holiday. It's nothing too exciting. Don't worry about it. Deadly affair. Cheat hubby admits killing midwife. And uh, the front page of The Mirror. Strictly unfair. Vic hits out at secret chat before she was dumped. See, I think they should have got rid of the kissing bloke. But uh, they're using him for publicity purposes. And how to fight back pain is in your health in the mirror for today. And I killed midwife after a fair. You can read that in uh, in most of the papers for today. There's also a rumour that Harry Redknapp is heading out to I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Must need the money, I should imagine. And uh, what does Enrica Iglesias have for breakfast? Sex, apparently. Sex for breakfast. Well, there you go. You see, the rest of us, it's just cornflakes and a small sausage. But uh, for Enrique Iglesias, it's, uh, it's sex. I mean, who can be bothered? To be honest with you, given the choice, a bowl of cornflakes drenched in ice-cold milk or rumpy-pumpy for three-quarters of an hour, it's cornflakes all over my body. That's the thing that kind of gets me going in the morning. Not. Uh, my lawyers are confident. Uh, Ronaldo breaks silence over rape allegations. This is the Daily Telegraph. CCTV leak. Shows body double of Khashoggi. And I've now decided we're calling him Khashoggi as opposed to Khashoggi, Khashoggi, you know, and any other name you can think of. They can't get it right. Even the, the well-BBC uh, department are going Khashoggi, which is what I said in the first place. You know, it was Adnan Khashoggi years ago, the arms dealer, and it hasn't changed as far as I'm concerned. Spelt the same way. Prince Harry doing nothing, walking along a beach. Uh, an Aboriginal songman on the shore of Lake Mackenzie in Queensland. Rivetingly exciting. But the most exciting story of the day is uh, is the world's oldest ever shipwreck. The ship is complete. Well, I mean, as complete as it can be. It's 2,400 years old. They can't bring it up because it would just fall apart. But that's what they found. And it's about 50 miles off the coast of Bulgaria. It's a Greek trading ship. I mean, imagine. They've never, they've never brought one up before. And here it is. And they won't be able to bring this one up either. So it's going to stay down there. Guardian. Crisis looms for special needs education. And uh, Saudis use body double in journalist murder plot. They don't seem to know anything, the Saudis, do they? I, I quite worry about their sanity. You know, sorry, was he murdered? Well, it was a fight. First of all, no, he wasn't. Uh, then it was a fight and then he died. OK, where, where is the body? Oh, we don't know that. Not a, not a clue. The, but, uh, I don't know. Well, did you dissolve him in acid? Was he taken out, cut up in bits? Oh, no idea. Well, somebody must know. Don't be so thick. Goodness sake. May confronts party critics and pleads for time to deliver Brexit. It's all happening today, and it will do. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Sunday from 5am. 